Hey, it's the only Taylor J Takeover, and right now you rocking with the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Make sure you go get my new album, Roses. It's available everywhere you listen to music, and of course it includes that hit single, Starship. Head over to Spotify right now to listen to it. Take over. Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time, and sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box, and now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. I am the long off the tee of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my right is Aaron Wide Left Groshan, the producer of the show, and to my left is none other than Rob Pinseeking Hess, who is the jack-of-all-trades for the program. This week, it is the preview roundtable again. This week, we look at the Pacific Division. And as always, we will close out the show with the fourth quarter and features the Howell Hardwood history, followed by Can Kevin Cousy. In the wise words of Gerson Rosas, we define us. 
We set the narrative, we set the foundation, and whatever happens, happens because of us. Quarter one of the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. It is our division preview week two, and this week we are heading out to the West Coast, and we are going to start with the Sacramento Kings, and I've got Vince Miracle. Uh, he covers the Kings for SackKingsNation.com. Uh, he also has his own show called The King's Court, as well as another one called Game Time Decision. Vince joins me right now. Vince, thanks for uh, taking some time today. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. And quarter one, I knew I was a starter all along. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, you're the, you're the leadoff guy. It's It uh, might be the first time you've ever heard that, but on this show, you're our leadoff <laughs> guy. You're our starter. Uh, hey, I appreciate that. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's jump into the Kings because they, you know, they had a, a pretty good season by their own standards last year. I saw, I mean, they finished nine games out of the playoffs last year. Uh, but if I remember correctly, this is the best record they've had in the last 13 years. Yeah, this is last year's team took everyone by surprise. It, it honestly took their own franchise by surprise. No one knew what they were really expecting. They can tell you that, yeah, no, they expected something like this. They expected a growth, but that would all just be pish posh lies. All right, so really, it was an amazing season for this team in terms of just development this year new head coach, the expectations are even higher. And the best part about it with this team, guys, the players are ready and they seem like they want it more than the fans do. And I'm excited to watch this team this year. Well, and you mentioned the new head coach, and that's the thing that I think surprised a lot of us, uh, not within that that Kings fan base. And you can tell me if it surprised you or not, but they, they have their best record in 13 years. They are basically the nine seed in a in in an incredibly tough Western conference. And then they go ahead and they fire Dave Yeager and they bring in uh, Luke Walton out of LA. What were your thoughts on that whole Dave Yeager firing? Uh, initially it was surprising. Uh, the more you look into it, the more people I got to speak to about the situation, about Yeager's time uh, with the Kings while the development was there, there were still uh, question marks in terms of beliefs on what direction they wanted this team to go how they wanted this team to be built between the front office, Vladi Divac, and, and of course, how Jaeger wanted to produce on the floor, uh, as well as the idea of moving the, the ball. And while they were one of the faster teams last season with Jaeger on the floor, they believe what, what Walton was able to do with that Lakers team, while they were very underwhelming uh, in terms of record and, and how they finished, the pace and the shooting, they feel like, bringing a guy like that in here also being young enough to say like hey he's worked with these type of players he's been with the Warriors he's now worked with LeBron James to bring that type of mindset and that again that play style to this roster with a guy like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and Bagley they believe they they have something special brewing right now in Sacramento with that head coach so let me ask you this do you think Luke Walton's the answer in Sacramento uh I don't know I don't know. I, I can't I, – I have really nothing to go off of other than to say the pace is going to be there. Obviously, we've seen practices now over the last couple of days, and the pace is there. All the players keep talking about with us is, you know, they're learning. There's definitely differences between Jaeger's offense and Walton's offense. So it's going to be I'm, – I'm interested. And, I, and from how the players are, are speaking about this team and their own expectations for themselves. You know, just for example, Bagley's talking about how the only thing he thinks about 
this entire offseason was playoffs. Fox saying that if they don't make the playoffs, it's not a disappointment, but it's a disappointment, basically, and I'm paraphrasing there. But do I think Walton is the answer? I don't know. Do I think they believe that he's the answer? I think they their answer is yes right now. And that's I think that's the big thing is if you look at Luke Walton and his in his previous coaching ventures, um, you know, as a head coach, as an assistant, I mean, there there were mixed reviews on him, but uh, for whatever reason, he he gets you know he keeps getting a job, and I think maybe part of it is that Lakers tie, you know, Vladi Divac there as well. But uh, you know, it it the pressure is now really on him and on the young core of players that the Sacramento Kings have, and and really the the future big three, if you will, of Marvin Bagley, uh, De'Aaron Fox, and Buddy Heald. What kind of growth levels do you expect out of those three in their uh, in in this upcoming season? My, the person that I'm watching the most for is Marvin Bagley. Uh, I was one of the people that were not very high on him coming out of the draft. I didn't expect him to be the player that he was, especially defensively. I thought there was going to be a bigger defensive. I thought I thought more he was going to be a defensive problem than he was a solution, and you know that motor and the ability to stay and stay keep that motor going, stay involved in the in the in the defensive end, kept it kept his game going for the offensive end as well. So I'm I'm expecting to see a little bit more with the right hand rather than just his left hand offensively, defensively. I want to see if he's grown, and obviously you 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 have to expect that from year one to year two with Buddy. You know, we, we were able to have his trainer on during our last episode of the season for last year. He came into our studio and, you know, basically talked about how defense is going to be his big priority this offseason. Yes, he worked on his one-two-step shooting. He worked on his finishing ability, which he did. You did see an improvement on for Heald last season. It was his finishing around the rim. But you even saw it defensively towards the end of last season where he was poking balls away, especially on inbounds, getting, I believe, 1.3 steals per game at that point. So now, I mean, if he's working on that defense, I'm excited to see that. And then with Fox, there's something about Fox where he just takes over a room. He's a for sure leader. He brings people together. His energy just brings this team together. And the only thing that's the big question mark with him is can he develop that jump shot? We saw the corner three start going down a little bit. When he's hot, obviously the ball is dropping, but can he be a consistent shooter from all three ranges? Is he going to learn how to control that speed just a little bit more and, and, and add a little bit more to it? Defensively, he's already there. Maybe getting through screens a little bit more is going to be something that we're wanting to keep an eye on, that the upper body strength as well. But they, from everyone I've talked to, they're – they're expecting big things from De'Aaron Fox, and, and from a few people that I've spoke to recently, they said they wouldn't be surprised surprised if De'Aaron Fox is a All Star this season, which is incredible to me. Yeah, that's a that's a bold prediction there, especially when you look at the the guards that are here in the Western Conference for for De'Aaron to make that team. I mean, that's that's pretty elite company. Uh, now, one guy that that you know, my, my co-host Rob Hess and I have been super, super big on since he got drafted is Buddy Heald. And he's, he's, you know, it took him a couple of years, but now he's slowly starting to emerge as a, as a key cog in this Kings piece. Uh, talk about his growth and development. I mean, he's, you know, you look at him early on in those first two years, it's, uh, is, is he going to be a bust? Is he going to be 
you know, a, a guy that's maybe just a, a, a solid role player off the bench, which isn't something you want for a top 10 pick, but he's, he's developed now and he's slowly branching out and becoming a star. Yeah. Buddy Heald is becoming one of those players that you, you can't deny the work ethic. You can't deny that the talent is there. It's about seeing if there's another step. With Clay Thompson, for example, with Clay Thompson, you knew that he was a good defender. You knew that he was a good uh, shooter. But is there that next step? Can he be a three-level scorer? Can he be relied upon to be the go-to scorer? And he obviously showed that. And this year, I mean, especially with this possibly being a contract year for for Buddy Heald coming at the end of his rookie contract here, it. I think it's time to see that next step. And I think that's why you heard, like I said, having his trainer in my studio talking about, you know, working on that defense, working on still finishing around the rim, a quicker release. Uh, everything that he's working on is to continue building his game. And that's why you, I'm saying he's one of those players you can't deny the work ethic and what he was. And in those first two years, before he came to Sacramento with New Orleans, they were still hesitant. You know, you have Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday. They're hesitant to give a rookie the ball and shoot it. Comes to Sacramento. They're trying to build something new. They tell this man to shoot the ball, and this guy just doesn't stop shooting, and he's knocking it down at a very efficient clip, and you got to let him do that. So shooters shoot. It's all about now putting all those other pieces together, polishing them up, and making it just as strong as a jump shot in terms of defense and, and everything like that. And like I said, from what I've seen, from everyone that I've talked to that's been around him this summer, like Aaliyah Bias from Cowbell going out to the Bahamas with him and seeing his little video about him as well, I mean – the guy looks like he, he's ready to go. He looks rock solid right now. He looks like a new player. Once you guys see him on the court, you can tell he's definitely bulked up this year. Uh, I'm expecting big things from Buddy Hill for sure. And, you know, overall, too, I mean, I've seen some stuff with uh, uh, him working on a GoFundMe page for the hurricane relief. I mean, he just overall, he seems like a really good dude and a good dude to have in that locker room. Uh, a couple other guys that uh, are going to make a huge impact, in my opinion, in the locker room are some free agent signings. Now, no super flashy signings, if you will, in the free agent market, but uh, the Kings went out and they got Dwayne Dedman and Trevor Ariza, two guys who know what it's like to win, who are grit and grind kind of guys. What do those two mean to this team? I, I, I The one that caught me by surprise was definitely Trevor Ariza. Dwayne Dedman was kind of expected. We, we all kind of knew they were going to go after him as soon as the free agency market opened. And so let me start off with uh, Deadman first. Deadman is one of those players that can do a little bit of everything from that center position as, as a veteran. He started knocking down threes when he was Atlanta for Budenholzer. He, he can block shots. He's a very good communicator defensively. And although his size can be deceiving, he is good moving up and down the floor at a fast pace, which is a perfect fit for exactly what Luke Walton is trying to do. Then you move over to the other side. You bring up Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza was a player that caught me by surprise being that you already had a guy a, that you already have a few players at that three, four position that, that they're already talking about having there with, you know, Barnes and, and Bogdanovich and, and Bagley potentially still being a three, which I don't like that idea. So don't quote me on that one, but th they have already that player. So to sneak him in there and get a defensive three and D player like Ariza, like you said, used to winning, used to being in the playoffs, that's going to be a big help for this locker room. You need those type of guys that know what it takes to grind through 82 games put and, and still put out a max effort every game and, and make it to the playoffs. So I think those are going to be key additions this season. So looking at Bovada, they've got the Kings right now slated at 37 and a half wins 
on the season that's down. I believe it's just a, a game or two from where they ended up last year. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? you think they're going to be over 37 and a half or under 37 and a half? I'm glad you brought up Bovada. I use that site quite a bit, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that 37 and a half, and I've already placed my bet. That's going to be an over. I have the Kings finishing at right around 43 wins this season. Uh, that's a bump from last year. That's going to be their biggest win total, I believe, since 2007. Uh, that That is exactly where I, I expect them to be, right around 43 to 44 wins. Uh, and, I, and I'll make a bold prediction here on your show, and you're going to hear me say it this week on Thursday on the Kings Court Podcast, where I'm going to tell everyone the Kings will be a playoff team this year. Oh, that is a that is a hot take from Vince Miracle. And, you know, actually, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, when you look at the West in general, I think there's maybe, you know, three teams, maybe even four that I don't think really have a shot at making the playoffs this year. They're growing, they're rebuilding. Uh, but I had the Kings at one of those at that six, seven or eight in the playoff spot. I think they're a sneaky good team uh, to make the playoffs. Now, uh, real quick, I'm going to ask you about the competition in the division it, it, you know, the Kings are growing and, and you love to see it, but then uh, you get the Lakers going out and getting Anthony Davis. You got the Clippers going out, getting Kawhi and Paul George uh, just makes the division that much tougher for the Kings. What were your thoughts on the, the summer of craziness, if you will? Oh, uh, it was mind blowing. I was excited almost every day. If I missed a tweet from Woj or Shams, I was disappointed because I wanted to be the first <laughs> one to retweet it. I, I couldn't keep my eyes off my phone. Uh, now it, it was an amazing summer for sure. If you're an NBA fan, you're, you're realizing that, that the league never stops. Uh, there's constant content every single day. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing for me is just seeing how much the West is becoming the most dominant conference. And I, I'm truly going to start believing that the NBA is going to start looking at doing a different type of playoff structure where it's not going to be the one through eight on just the West and one through eight through against the East. I think you're going to see that mix match of, you know, this team versus this team and see what happens there, whether no matter what coast you're on, because the dominance of the West is undeniable right now in terms of talent. Um, but also big, big thing to keep an eye on, I think, is I think those teams that already had a core, like for example, San Antonio, People don't really know what to make of San Antonio. They didn't make that many big moves. They just stayed consistent. But there's a lot of question marks surrounding DeMar DeRozan. That is something I'm going to keep an eye on, as well as these other teams that didn't really make too many moves. They've just been consistent. I'm willing to. I'm ready to see what those teams are willing to do if they don't get off to that right start coming and leading into December, what they're willing to do. One last question for you, Vince, here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel on the Howl. Willie Cauley-Stein left the Sacramento Kings. He did not want him to pick up the option on him. He then goes to Golden State. Willie Cauley-Stein returns to Sacramento. Do you boo him, yes or no? Nah, he, he did his time here. I mean, the big thing with Willie was he wanted to get paid. Uh, he, wanted, he wanted to feel like he was that type of player that he, he just made too many references to being a certain type of player. And, and I've talked about this quite a few times covering this team uh, it was since Willie's been there and he believes that he is a certain type of player I believe that he thinks he's a Carl Anthony Towns-esque player he talks about it consistently if he was able to shoot the ball that he could put up those type of numbers he wants to be a focal point of the offense I think once the Kings declined to pick up his option 
and the market was out there and, and the Warriors were the one that offered him the amount that they did and the role that he's going to have on that team, I think it's going to make him remember why he was a top 10 pick. Uh, he was Willie Blockenstein coming out of college and there were reports of him not wanting to block shots anymore because it hurt his hands. Uh, and there's still defensive woes that he was having consistently on a night-by-night basis. So you didn't never know which Willie Cauley-Stein you were going to see. So does he get booed? No. I think a lot of Kings fans are hoping that he turns out to be the player that they wanted to see here in Sacramento. All right. There you have it. That is Vince Miracle joining us. Vince, uh, go ahead and uh, give us some info on your uh, on your shows and where everybody can find them. Yeah, so you guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at VM Center. Be sure to check out the site, sackingsnation.com, where you'll get all the, all the in-depth coverage of the Sacramento Kings. I have a new NBA show, like you just said, coming out here later in October called Game Time Decision. Name's still work in progress. But, yes, we're bringing that NBA show back with a new co-host of mine. Me and Joe are still running the Kings Court on iTunes. So check us out. We're going to be broadcasting starting in October, on October 14th, on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. So we got more shows, more content. If you're looking to start writing and getting into this writing industry starting in October, we are going to be opening uh, opening the doors to our writing position and joining us here at Sack Kings Nation. So lots of good stuff coming, and I'm excited for you guys to join up and listen to, listen to us talk about the Kings. Once again, Vince Miracle, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll let you get back to that, uh, that gym hot tub so you can relax. Uh, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Once again, it is our Pacific Division preview. We are now joined by Garrett Corpenning. He is an editor. He covers the Clippers. Uh, Garrett, first off, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. You've had a a, a busy off season as a uh, as a guy that covers the Clippers. Yeah, man, it's been uh, a crazy summer for sure. Um, a very exciting time in LA right now. And so, yeah, you, you end the season last year. You go forty eight and thirty four. You make the playoffs as the eighth seed. You ultimately lose to the Golden State Warriors. But, you know, there there were a lot of things that were kind of coming through the pipeline uh, over the course of the offseason. Lots of rumors, lots of uh, predictions. You know, is Anthony Davis going to come here? Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's so much going on. But the first thing I want to talk to before we talk about the the big splash in the Clippers free agency world and the, and the trade world uh, is Doc Rivers. Now, I know it's probably a little different in the the L.A. Clipper community, but, um, you know, I was seeing some things about is Doc, Clipper, or is, is Doc Rivers getting stale in L.A.? And now with this resurgence, with this new team, what are your thoughts on Doc going forward as the head coach of this team? Do you think that, that he can be the guy to lead him to the promised land and, and win him a, a championship? I do, yeah. Um, I think there was, you know, some – some legitimate backing to uh, the thought that maybe he's, he was getting stale for a while there. Um, that Lob City era, you know, it kind of dragged on for a while with Chris and Blake and DJ and the rest of those guys there. Um, and I think fans expected a lot more. Uh, I think, you know, the front office expected a lot more. I think he expected more of himself as well. Um, but once those guys got out and this new team kind of came to fruition and Doc stepped down from that GM position too, which I think was a really important one, um, you know, gave him more time to focus just solely on being the coach of the team and not making the personal decisions as well. Um, I think once that all happened, um, things looked a lot different for him. 
Uh, I think the guys he got in um, all respected him uh, a lot. I think they, um, you know, enjoyed playing for him. I think they do now, uh, especially. I know a lot of guys at that, that media day were talking about, um, you know, how much they love playing for Doc Rivers and how he's just one of the guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, moving forward, I think I like what he brings to the team. I think um, he's probably the best coach for the job. Um, and I think, you know, we're past that stage now where people are questioning whether he should be there or not. And now it's time for him to kind of just deliver on um, the potential that this team has. Yeah, there's there's a, a newfound pressure, kind of, if you will, now to succeed. You know, he's got two of the top players in the NBA on his team, uh, which we'll get to in just a second. He's got some some other key pieces. But this team sacrificed a lot to acquire one of those two players. Now, over the offseason, mm-hmm. they, they signed – Kawhi Leonard as the free agent that's the big free agency splash and then they go out and seemingly uh, two moves that were really tied together one wouldn't happen without the other Uh, the Clippers went out and acquired Paul George Uh, they traded Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, Daniil Gallinari I believe as well and then all in all seven picks were involved in this as well a couple pick swaps and a couple uh, uh, just uh, straight sends Uh, let me ask you this do you think that's too much for Paul George? Um, it's kind of hard to answer that question. I think if it's for Paul George alone, yeah, but I think like you alluded to there, um, you know, we all know that this deal wouldn't have happened um, with, with, you know, Kawhi and Paul George coming in unless they made that trade. So, you know, you do trade, Shea goes with Alexander, who had a bright future. I think he's going to be incredible in OKC if he gets, you know, the right amount of playing time. Um, you know, Gallinari was a great forward for LA last season. Uh, and then, you know, all those future draft picks. Um, but, you know, essentially you did trade all that for Kawhi and Paul George. Um, so I think with the ability they bring to the team and uh, the real possibility that they could deliver the Clippers' first ever, um, you know, NBA title, um, you know, I hope it pays off. I feel like I feel confident that it will. Um, so for now, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that trade. And, you know, the the Clippers, I mean, once you get past – Kawhi and Paul George you know they've they've got a great team underneath as well I mean you've got guys like Pat Bev uh Mo Harkless Montrez Harrell uh I mean even you know Jonathan Motley we saw some production out of they got Patrick Patterson uh Lou Williams who's the you know annual sixth man of the year every single year um I mean this team has some great pieces um around those two one guy I want to I want to talk about that I think was a really underrated trade for the Clippers um, as we went through last year, and that's Ivica Zubak. You guys got him, you re-signed him, uh, but he, you know, in, in a, a short amount of time in a Clippers jersey last season, he really impressed a lot of people. What have you seen out of him that makes this a great trade for the Clippers? Well, yeah, I thought Zubak was great last season. Um, if anything, last year he was an improvement over Marcin Gortat, who was the Clippers' starting center for a majority of the first half of the season. Um, you know, that trade is still pretty shocking. The fact that Clippers, you know, sent out Mike Ruscala, who they got as kind of afterthought from the uh, Tobias Harris trade and returned uh, Zubats from that. Um, but I think he's really solid. I think, you know, last season Clippers, uh, I want to say he averaged around 10 points and eight rebounds a game, made closer to nine points and eight rebounds a game. Uh, and that was in about 20 minutes time. Had a few double-doubles. Um, didn't look all that great in the playoffs. I think he still needs time to develop and, you know, get ready to be able to compete. Uh, in that sort of situation. Um, but I think this front office believes in him. I think he believes in himself. Um, at media day, he was talking about how he's going to expand his game and start shooting three-point shots and how he's, um, you know, put on some more muscle and slimmed down a little bit too. 
Um, so I think, you know, he's on a four-year contract now, 28 million. Uh, he's 22 years old. He's got tons of time to grow and get better. Um, and, you know, he's not going to be asked a whole lot either as, as a starting center if he does on that starting spot this year with other four guys in the uh, rotation that, you know, are some of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, he was kind of built as a as a work in progress, if you will, and now he's got some great pieces around him to uh, to help his game grow. Uh, one great piece that you had on your team, but you decided to get rid of him, is Boban Marjanovic. Now, Boban has been a guy that uh, here at the Howl, we've been huge fans of him ever since he uh, he came into the league with San Antonio. I actually own multiple Boban jerseys. I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, in your time watching Boban, what did you see out of him that makes him such a, an enigma in the NBA? I just thought Boban was a ton of fun to watch. Um, I mean, he's a seven foot three center. Uh, the fact that he could dunk with his feet on the ground was hilarious. Uh, there's a great picture of him standing next to Anthony Davis, and he just looks like a giant. And we know Anthony Davis <laughs> is one of the it's crazy, man. Um, you know, we're all going to miss watching Boban. He was a great player, a uh, great personality. Um, but, you know, he's going to do his best down in Dallas this year. Sucks that he's apart from Tobias Harris now, but, you know, it's a business, yeah. right? The, the, the Bobby and Toby show was one of my favorite things, but I am, I'm actually really excited to watch him play alongside Luca and uh, mm-hmm. a, a Mavericks team and Kristaps. I mean, Kristaps and, and Boban together. Uh, I think will be a, a great tandem in the NBA. Uh, let's let's go back to Kawhi for a second here. Now, obviously, we know what Kawhi's skill set is. He's a great defensive player. He can score at will. I mean, he's, he's just an all-around elite superstar in this league. What is he bringing to the table that that the Clippers have maybe been missing out on? I mean, you look at, you know, Blake Griffin was a part of this team forever. DeAndre was a part of this team forever. You had some you know, some really, really good players in, in the last even, you know, five years, much less 10 for the Clippers. But what does Kawhi bring to the table that, that the Clippers haven't had before? Well, I think, you know, if you're looking at Blake and Chris and DJ and that kind of stuff, they were all great players, um, you know, in their own right. But I don't think any of them were ever as talented uh, as Kawhi is, and none of them were ever in this conversation where they could be considered possibly the greatest player in basketball. Um, you know, Kawhi is an elite two-way talent. Um, we saw in the playoffs this past postseason that he is extremely clutch, uh, unafraid to take big shots, um, very capable of taking big shots. Um, you know, he's someone that the Clippers can rely on to get a good bucket and then make a stop and out of the end. Uh, he can hit him anywhere on the floor. Um, I think just a lot of it is his demeanor and um, I guess kind of the personality and ability he brings to the table. Uh, I think it meshes really well with the rest of the team. Uh, they have a great culture going on right now where it's all, uh, you know, a bunch of very gritty, scrappy players. Uh, I think he matches that really well. Um, but I also think the fact that he is kind of willing to, you know, stay out of the spotlight and focus just on basketball. Um, not saying that, you know, Chris and Blake and those guys focus too much or whatever on outside mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but Kawhi is hyper-focused. Um, Already, it seems like he's getting along great with his teammates. So there's no chemistry issues so far. Um, I think he's going to have a great season in LA. Yeah, you know, one thing I like about Kawhi is he has not dated a Kardashian, so he's got that going for him. Hopefully, he doesn't start <laughs> while he's out in LA. Uh, that I know that they're they're running rampant out there. Uh, 
So taking a look at our over-under, uh, Bavada currently has the Clippers at 54 and a half wins. Uh, if you were to go right now out to Vegas, you see 54 and a half on the, on the wall. What are you, what are you placing your bet on? You taking the over or the under? I think I'm taking the over. Uh, it's something that I've thought a bit about over the past few weeks. Um, you know, I, I think one of the big questions about this team this year was the health with Kawhi who played 60 games last season. And then Paul George who had some injuries, had some issues with his shoulders and then uh, got two surgeries this summer. So that's, you know, definitely a big concern. Um, but recent developments, uh, we kind of learned that Kawhi is not going to take um, as strong of an approach to uh, load management this season. He expects to play more games. Uh, he said during a constructive press, uh, press conference that he um, his, a goal of his is to play the entire season. Um, and no one's really that confident that's going to happen. And probably It's probably best that it doesn't happen. Um, but the fact that he is feeling better is a great sign. And then Paul George, people were worried that he might miss, you know, the first month, maybe two months of the season. Uh, and, you know, that would impact Clippers a great bit with how competitive the Western Conference looks this season. Um, but we're thinking now it's going to be – he's going to at least miss October. But beyond that, you know, an early to mid-November return date seems pretty good. Um, so I think 54 and a half, um, it, it's a good estimate. I'm going to take the over. I'll give them maybe 56, 57. Uh, if they stay healthy. Any any concern in that time period with Paul George out that this Clippers team might stumble out of the gate? Well, I think there's a little bit, yeah. I think, um, you know, looking at the first couple games of the season, they've got uh, the Lakers on opening night. They've got the Houston Rockets. They play Portland. They play Milwaukee in that stretch. Uh, a couple other tough teams there. So there's definitely a chance for them to stumble a bit, maybe come, you know, maybe on the time Paul George gets back, they're close to 500 and maybe a game or two below. Um, but, you know, I'm confident that with the guys they had last season that, you know, one of the main things they did was they were just so resilient. Um, there were a few games where they came back from 20 plus points down just on the playoffs. They came back from 31 down against Golden State. Uh, and then you're adding Kawhi to that team right now too. So even with Paul George Addison, they've got a good shot to, you know, maintain a good record until he gets back. Um, but ultimately if not, you know, worst case scenario, they're a few games below and they have, you know, the next 70 games of the season to get to the position where they feel comfortable going into the postseason. All right. All right. Well, uh, one last thing before I let you go here. Uh, in my opinion, I think the Clippers are the favorite to win the West, uh, obviously win their, win their division, but the best overall record in the West. And I would even go out on a limb and say the NBA. What are your thoughts on uh, where they're going to be playoff time? Uh, you know, based on health, again, I'd expect them to be, you know, a top three seed. Um, if they don't finish first, I'd probably lean second. Uh, I'm, you know, pretty confident about the um, potential this season. Who in your division is going to give you the biggest trouble this year? Uh, that's a toss up. I think it's between the Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I think Golden State could surprise some people. We're going to see a really, really great version of Steph Curry again. Uh, and if they do end up swapping D'Angelo Russell sometime this season for another piece, that could be interesting as well. Uh, and the Lakers, you know, it's hard to ignore LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, I'm not as sold on the rest of that team as some people, other people are. Um, you know, I think the roster they had last season, you know, underachieved for a reason. And I don't think they really made a lot of great improvements outside of adding Anthony Davis this summer. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's two top ten players. Um, they'll definitely be a threat. 
All right. Uh, again, you are listening to Garrett Corpenning uh, joining us here on the Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Garrett, I'll give you a little bit here. Uh, why don't you tell us where we can find your work and uh, how to find you on social media? Right, you can find me on Twitter at GA Corpenning. That's G A C H O R P E N N I N G. And I uh, write articles and edit some pieces as well for Flipperholics, which is part of the Fansided Network. Perfect. Garrett, again, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again. I appreciate it. Once again, it is the Pacific Division preview this week on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel and The Howl. We are joined by the host of the Four Seasons NBA podcast that you can find here on Dash Radio as well as Ball's Life. Zach Noble, once again, Zach, uh, I love that you're here basically every show that we do. It's it's great to have you back, bud. <laughs> I'll take it. Happy to be here, and especially after that dreadful uh, Vikings performance, I'm ready to talk some real shit. Yeah, let's let's talk some teams that actually know how to win and know how to play right. well. Uh, you are here to preview the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the Warriors, 57-25 and 25 last year. They were the number one overall seed. Uh, we all know how how that went for the Warriors. Uh, but their offseason was one that I would say was a little bit more interesting. Uh, you know, Clay gets hurt in the uh, in the playoffs and is out for basically this this 2019-2020 season. Uh, the Warriors then lose Durant to the Brooklyn Nets, which a lot of people kind of saw coming. Uh, you know, that's I think those two um, – players right there were a pretty big impact for this team. What do you think that's going to mean to them here in this upcoming season, uh, not having Durant or Clay Thompson? Yeah, I mean, I think it's everything. I mean, they were arguably the greatest team of all time, and then you lose arguably the best player in the game, KD, when he went down. I I had him pegged as the best player. I mean, what the year LeBron was having especially, uh, it's going to be different. It's going to be pretty fun. It's just the – unusual and the unknown I guess and that's what's exciting about this team like they've always been the team everybody's trying to take down now they're just one of the other hunters out there trying to just reach for the top and it's it's a different direction and I love it because even though the Warriors have kind of struck out the last few years even with these great teams at the end of their benches um, they went a completely different path even at the front of the bench as well. So throughout this entire lineup, and now they're basically two starters down. Uh, people are really writing these guys off, which is crazy to me. So I, I think they're one of the most interesting and confusing teams for most people. I, I still have them pegged as one of the six contenders in this league. Yeah. And I, I think this is exactly where the Warriors want to be. They want to be the team that's kind of forgotten about, especially in this Pacific division, when you've got the Clippers and the Lakers who are both making huge, you know, splashes in the off season, one by trade, one by trade and free agency. Uh, a lot of people are already putting the Warriors as the third best team in this division. I think that's absurd to count them out already mm-hmm. with the winning pedigree they have. Uh, now, in addition to losing Durant, losing Clay Thompson for the year, uh, Sean Livingston retires but they, they go out and they get D'Angelo Russell. And and I know you're a, a bit of a Wolves fan too, Zach. So uh, I can say this and, and know that you would agree with me right out from under the Timberwolves nose. Uh, but they go right. out and add D'Angelo Russell, which a lot of people kind of question the move. Um, 
you know, is he just a trade asset? Is he somebody that they're going to have as a, as a big part of this offense? What do you think they do with D'Angelo Russell? I think the people that say it's a trade asset is I just laugh at them. I think it's hilarious because they, they are star hunters. The Warriors are, that's, that's all they are. They think it's a star hunting league now, especially with all the commotion that's gone on this off season. And, that's fine. And I, if you believe in D'Angelo Russell to be that guy, then go for it. I'm all for that. Um, it's always either talent exceeds, I mean, talent or the fit exceeds the talent. Um, and that's how it comes down. So the part where everybody's torn is, do you believe in D'Angelo Russell or not? I'm in the camp that actually believes in him and think it was a worthwhile risk. I mean, I don't think the contract is too crazy. I think it's definitely a tradable contract, but um, they just did the best they could with losing their best player in Kevin Durant. So I, I personally like D'Angelo a lot. I think he's not, I mean, he's not the, the all-star that he was anointed this year. I definitely don't really consider him even an all-star yet. I think he's got a long ways to go from even being an all-star in the West, but I think he's on his way. And I think uh, he'll get there in this contract if the Warriors know how to treat them right and know how to put them in the right position to succeed. I'm really excited about it, but it seems seems like I'm in the minority. I don't know where you at on this guy because, yeah, I think most people are calling this Warriors team that I'm seeing out there and even Vegas, like a sixth, seventh seed team, and they think D'Angelo Russell is probably going to not increase his value very much, and he's just going to be this guy that's not that efficient and can go off from time to time. I don't know. What do you think of him? Well, and I, I, I think D'Angelo would have been perfect in Minnesota. Um, the thing right. that I I'm kind of having trouble with is understanding what his role is going to be in golden state. Um, and I think that's one thing that, um, is going to really show what kind of coach Steve Kerr is, you know, you get, mm-hmm. you get all of these phenomenal players on your team. You know, anybody can win as many games as they had. Uh, but yeah. now you, your backs are kind of up against the wall. You're, you don't have your best player anymore in Kevin Durant. Your, you know, star shooting guard is injured and out for the year in Clay Thompson. Uh, so what do you do now with two point guards? Um, you know, one who's a, a bona fide elite star and the other who's an up and comer, if you will. Um, but I think the, the, the big thing with the Warriors, when you look at it, you know, they're, they're over under right now is 48 and a half. And we'll get to your thoughts on that here in a bit. But looking at this roster by the end of the 2019-2020 season, this team will only have three players that are over the that are 30 or older, and that's Draymond, Steph Curry, and Clay. Everybody else is under 30 on that team, so there's, it's a very young team. And you take away a guy like Clay, and now you have to you have to make up for it because you know Steph Curry is going to get his. You know that. Uh, you know, uh, D'Angelo Russell is going to get, you know, his points as well, but it's where are the other points coming from on this team? Right. And it's like, they have been going with in the past. They get these guys like David West, Andre Iguodala, that they fit this system and this perfect role and they know what they're getting. They're these defined and pronounced players where they went a completely opposite direction this year. They went way young. And um, honestly, they didn't really address their needs in defense and, more free throw attempts is the two areas I think they needed to address the most. They just went for the best value at the dollar amount they had and tried to untap upside. And that's because they realized they don't think uh, 
this team without KD can win. And, I mean, they proved last year in the finals. I mean, they really couldn't win without KD. And uh, I just don't think – I just don't think all those players are like, I think Draymond's declined a little bit. I think Andre Iguodala was declining a bit and I don't think their talent. I mean, yes, I still believe in Steph Curry. I think he can be an MVP and lead them to the finals and possibly win. I just think they definitely need more. So by them believing in all these young guys, a lot of people don't believe in, I think it's a fair upside. I just don't know if they address those issues. It's just, do they untap these guys? Who knows? Well, and and uh, uh, off-season signing that I really liked for this Warriors team because it brings a little bit of depth at an area that I think they struggle with is signing Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, right. You know, they left, or he left Sacramento. He wanted more money. He wanted a better role. The Warriors came calling, and and I think uh, Willie's going to fit in pretty well next to uh uh, next to Draymond there in the block. That's a that's an underrated signing in my opinion uh, for this team. Now again, the 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 huge question is how is this team gonna gonna gel together? How is it gonna gonna function? I'm gonna ask you 48 and a half wins. If you're in Vegas right now, looking up at the giant electronic board, you're seeing the Warriors at 48 and a half wins on the season. Are you taking the over or the under? I think as long as Steph plays 70 games, and that's that's an if with this team. I think they, they go over that. I don't think it's by a ton. Uh, depends on when Clay comes back as well. I just see D'Angelo taking a leap. I see Draymond wanting to prove himself a little more. And I honestly see Steph around that 30, 33 points per game. I, I really do. I think he wants to prove people he's still got it and he can. he's got another level in him. It's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. Do you think uh, where do you think they fall in the playoffs? Do you think they're a top three seed? You know, I haven't made my full one through fifteen predictions, but um, off the cuffs, I mean, they're probably going to be a top five seed for me. I mean, I don't see them slipping past five at all. And the big thing is, I mean, how how do they start? And do Steph and D'Angelo gel right away? Do these other guys, I mean, are the role players fitting in? And it, You said it perfectly at the beginning. Steve Kerr is actually going to have to coach his ass off this year, and we'll see if he has it in him. I mean, is he going to put these guys into positions to succeed? Is the defense going to be there? I don't know. I'm not sure because it, it has declined in consistency over the past few years. Yeah, at their peak, they're great. Um, can Kevon Looney play more than 25 minutes a game? That's to be determined yet. I mean, his hips aren't great, I don't think. I mean, what, what are you thinking for a win total here? I mean, it's it's tough. I like that 48 number. Um, and I think that, I mean, that division, the, the Pacific division in general is no, uh, you know, no run over division. I mean, you got three right. teams that are at the elite level. I think the Kings are a, are a six, seven, or eight seed in this year's playoffs. Um, and then you have Ooh. the Suns who, you know, I mean, they might be the one run over of the league in my opinion, but four teams in this division that I think are going to make the playoffs. It's, it's tough. I mean, I would probably honestly take the under, but I think it's, I think it's close. Do you not believe in their young talent very much? I don't, I just, players? I think to be a top three, like a top three or top four seed in this Western conference, you're going to have to win more than 50 games. I mean, you got the, I think the Clippers, Correct. I think the Rockets, I think the uh, Lakers all win 50 plus. Uh, and I just, I don't see 
the Warriors doing that this season. I think they're close. I could see them at that 48-47 mark, but I don't right. see them winning 50 games. Yeah, it's going to be very close. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing anything right now. I got to see it all on paper. I'll get back to you on that. But right as of right now, I'm saying the over, um, but but not by a ton. And honestly, Steph hitting that 70-game mark, like I'm saying, he hasn't hit it the last two years, 51-69 games, is is going to be questionable. But I think he he wants he knows the team's going to need a higher seed, and uh, Clay is a robot that dude looks pretty dang good i think he's coming back earlier than people are thinking well now now there's going to be even more to his uh to the robot conspiracy theory he's going to return with a mechanical leg that's going to help uh help him shoot three pointers <laughs> at a 75 percent right now it's going to be ridiculous uh, zach why don't you uh why don't you tell the fine people listening to dash radio's nothing but net channel and the howl where they can find you and your content yeah, it's just mostly on Twitter, and that's Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. And then I'm with the Four Seasons Podcast for S-E-N-S, and that's uh, on Ball is Life. You can find us on the website or on their Twitter and social media pages. Um, get a bunch of guests on there. Uh, just had so two small forwards of the Warriors going to be their big battle, and Glenn Robinson and Alfonso McKinney. So that's, that's going to be the fun battle who gets the starting spot there, which is kind of funny. Can't uh, can't wait to see all the content you post out. Uh, I, I've been I've been voting in every single one of those polls that you've been putting out too, and I <laughs> uh, I like seeing those pop up in my timeline. So make sure you give Zach a follow. He's a great dude to have on your timeline. Lots of basketball knowledge. And Zach, as always, thanks again for uh, for popping in and laying down your knowledge. Appreciate it, Kevin. Have a good one. See you, man. Welcome back to quarter one of the Howl. Here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, it is our Pacific Division preview tonight, and we are joined by the executive producer of the Mason and Ireland show. Uh, you can find him on ESPN LA. That's seven ten a.m. Uh, we are joined by Greg Bergman. Greg, thanks for taking some time. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. So the Lakers had a pretty busy off season after uh, what you could probably call a pretty disappointing. Uh, regular season last year, they go 37 and 45, uh, good for 10th in the West, missing the playoffs. Uh, they made a lot of moves though this off season, and one of them is hiring Frank Vogel as their as their head coach, and Jason Kidd is kind of that head coach in waiting. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Vogel as the head coach compared to some of the other candidates out there, maybe like a Dave Yeager? Um, I, I re- actually I like the Vogel hire. It took me a little bit to kind of get my head around it. Uh, the biggest person that they were going after, Dave Yeager, was, I don't even think was on the radar, whereas, um, you know, Ty Lue was the guy that everybody really wanted. I wasn't a big fan of that. I always thought that Vogel was the better choice between the two of them just because the defense that he brings to, to this team is so much more than they've ever seen. And, you know, that, that, the Vogel defense was teams that took when – he, when he was with Indiana – Miami and LeBron James teams to seven games consistently. It didn't really work out in Orlando, but the, but if he can mix, instill the right defensive-minded thoughts into these guys, I really like it. I, I think that it, you're going to get the offense with LeBron, and you're going to get the offense with Anthony Davis and Kuzma when he's healthy, but to have a good, strong defensive-minded coach, I think is important. Hey, let's, let's, let's talk about 
uh, Kyle Kuzma here for a second. I, I mean, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I would call him kind of that, that third head in the, in the big three, or he's got the potential to kind of fit into that role uh, as we go through the season. If we, if he continues to grow on the, the pattern that we're seeing, what kind of impact do you think for the, the, you know, shorter amount of time at the beginning of the season that he's out, what kind of impact do you think that injury will have? If any, uh, I mean, the injury is going to be, I don't, th- hopefully it gets, okay, it's okay towards the end of the year, but I mean, this could be something that's either a couple weeks and he's ready by the end of training camp or he's not back until January. So it could be something that's a lingering thing. It could really set him back for this year. And then, you know, you see what happens when guys don't come back until January, they take a little while to get back into basketball shape and they take a little while to be ready to contribute at the level that they need to. So if he doesn't come back, hopefully soon enough, it could it could really spell trouble for his season. I think the Lakers will be fine, but for his season, it might be a little bit of a, a down season for him if that lingers. Yeah, we've we've seen what foot injuries for big men can do. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, one of the big ones here for Wolves fans is Nikola Pekovic. You know, we saw that he was never really himself again after that that series of foot injuries he went through. So hopefully. Uh, Kuzma's isn't that extreme. He can come back, join this team early and, and make an impact. Uh, and he's got, you know, a lot of new faces in the locker room. Uh, the, the Lakers were probably one of the more, um, aggressive teams in free agency, made a lot of signings, made a lot of moves, obviously, um, that Anthony Davis trade, getting rid of some of their young core. But I mean, Avery Bradley, uh, Quinn cook, Jared Dudley, Danny green, Dwight Howard, uh, this, this free agency, group where do you think that's going to fit in are those are those would you say lebron guys or are those guys meant you know brought in to kind of be more like role players they're all brought in to be role players there is anthony davis and lebron james everybody else just is there to play their role what's different than this team from last year is that this team is so much more workmanlike where they're going to come in and they're going to actually they're one goal in mind last year was like let's just get to the playoffs and see how far we can go this year, it's, we think we can win the entire thing this year. We have the team to do it. So you can see that the guys that they brought in, Avery Bradley is being is the talk of practice through three days, whereas that he's apparently lost 40 pounds. He had a groin surgery last year that kind of was that he put on some weight. He lost 40 pounds. His three-point shot looks good. Apparently, he's back to being the Avery Bradley defender that he was when he was with Boston. Um, Jared Dudley brings that toughness and leadership that you – you need and he can hit an open three-point shot everybody else is meant to play their specific role like Dwight Howard is meant to play the big man that is there to block shots and get rebounds and that's about it maybe he gets a dunk every once in a while um Danny Green is a three and D guy he is going to shoot threes at a high clip and he's going to play good defense same with Bradley Quinn Cook is there to hit three-point shots everyone has that specific thing that they're supposed to do if they all do what they're supposed to do the team will be successful. So the so the biggest question in Lakerland basically is, can the role players do the job that they were assigned to do? And if they do, then then, then this team can be incredibly successful and and one of the better teams in in the Western Conference, much less the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. So the I think one of the big questions that a lot of people outside of uh, LA and and the Lakers uh, fan fandom, if you will, is did the Lakers uh, really mortgage their future to get Anthony Davis? When you look at who they traded away and what they traded away, do you think the price for Anthony Davis was just right too much? 
Um, I think that, you know what, it was about right. I mean, for a guy like Anthony Davis, who is a top five player in the league, both offensively and defensively, I know people start telling you about how he's injury prone, but the last two years, I mean, take away last year because the, the Pelicans just didn't even want to play him. But the two years prior to that, he played 75 games. And he was, a, he was huge on, and took his team to the playoffs and to the second round of the playoffs. So, I mean, that team, he was a good, strong, that he, it was all because of him. Anthony Davis is worth every single penny as long as he stays at the end of this year, which I can't imagine he would leave. But people thought, yes, you gave away, um, you know, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart and all of those picks. The picks aren't as bad as people like to think because it's actually – there's a, some pick swaps where you're probably not going to end up wanting to swap anyway because you're at the end of the draft. Um, and they're, they lose this – they lost this year's pick. Next year, they actually are probably going to keep their pick because it's anything below top 11, I think it is, or top 8, top 8 protected, something or top 8 plus protected. So unless they're in that 1 through 8, and that's a bad situation anyway, then they lose it. Otherwise, they keep it. So it's actually a pretty good – the draft is all right. I'm, not, I'm okay with that draft pick. Anthony Davis is worth everything. And Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart may end up being really good, and I hope that they are because I love those guys. I thought they were the young core. But I would give it all away again for Anthony Davis. So it, it sounds to me like you're you're pretty confident that LeBron and AD can, can coexist together throughout the, the course of a season. Yeah, absolutely. I think they – well, actually, LeBron James is an excellent passer. He's making Anthony Davis the, the focal point of the offense, which he needs to be. And, you know, when, he, when it's time for LeBron to take some, you know, to load manage, Anthony Davis wants to be out there. He's 26. I think it's, it's he can be the next superstar for L.A. All right. I, I, you know, and that's, and I, I think that's something that, especially after missing the playoffs last year, Laker fans definitely want to hear. Uh, give me your thoughts on this Dwight Howard signing. It's it's a little interesting for me that the Lakers would bring him back, kind of given the the past history. Uh, what do you what do you make of all this Dwight Howard signing, and and is he going to be playing a meaningful role on this team? If you would have asked me that like three four weeks ago, I would have absolutely destroyed him because it doesn't. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I thought it was a bad signing. I you know the guy has been everywhere he's gone since. Since he left Orlando, everywhere he's gone, he said, this is my new home. I'm going to be here forever. This is where I want to finish my career. I've lost 40 pounds. Um, I'm, I've been humbled. All these things. You can look through a list, and he says the exact same things everywhere he's ever been, and he's been a disaster everywhere he's ever been. Um, you know what? He, because he is playing just that role of being a defensive guy and a shot blocker and a rebounder, He's not relied upon to do anything more. We're not relying on him to be a score of a 20, 25 points a night score. You're relying on him. Just, if he gets 10 and 10, you're like, hey, Dwight Howard had a great game tonight. That's, that's all you needed from him. So I'm hoping and praying that he just does not screw up. But if he does, then they can just get rid of him because it's a non-guaranteed contract. But I think he can. If he looks – apparently in practice he looks great. He's been saying all the right things and has maybe really been humbled. I don't know. But if he is, then this team is the sky's limit. He could be a bigger impact player than even Boogie would have been. 
because of he's a future Hall of Famer and in much better shape. So do you think he starts at the uh, at the center spot or does JaVale? I think JaVale starts. Uh, a lot of people are saying Dwight Howard, but I think it's all fluid. Uh, Frank Vogel is going to go with the guy that he thinks is best. And also, starting starting is not as important as finishing games. So whoever starts games, like Rondo may end up starting, which would be terrible in my opinion, but he won't finish games because they're okay. going to want to go with a more defensive pressure. So I think, yeah, it's it, Starting and finishing is the more important question. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. And and one thing about this team too, you know, I was uh, we did a, an interview previously with the uh, on on the Warriors, and one thing with them is they're going to have at the end of the 2019-2020 season, they'll have three players over the age of 30, 30, either 30 or older. And one thing with the Lakers here is they seem to have a good mix of of the veterans that know what it's like to win and have been there, and then they've got some young talent too. I mean, we saw you know, Alex Caruso come alive last year. I don't know if that's something that he can keep up, but the story itself is great. You've got uh, Quinn Cook, who I think is a uh, an underrated point guard, and I don't think he's just a product of where he was in Golden State. Uh, but then, you know, you've got Kuzma. You've got um, some guys that can bring some youth to this team, and that's a, that's a great combination for a winning franchise. No, I absolutely agree with you. And again, Anthony Davis is 26 years old. That's crazy so to think. You have, you, yeah. You ever, it seems like he's been around forever, but he is not even close to thirty. He's technically not in his prime yet. So, yeah, he just brings all of that. I agree with you. I think Quinn Cook could be very big for this team. I mean, then you have other guys, even like Troy Daniels, who can all he has to do is just come in and hit a three pointer every once in a while, and that's it. I yeah, mean, and he's and he's only twenty eight. It feels like he's been in the league exactly. for twelve years. Exactly. I mean, he was he was there in Minnesota for a little while. So, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, so, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think how, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm 28 years old, so I'm the same age as Troy Daniels. I'm older than Anthony Davis. It's, it, it, it's a weird feeling to be like, Hey, Anthony Davis is actually younger than I am. And he's dominating in this league since he's, you know, since day one, basically. Yeah. Imagine that I'm, I'm 35 and I've been saying that about LeBron James for my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> So Bavada has the Lakers at 50 and a half wins. Uh, the question I've been asking all night, if you're in Vegas, you're in front of the giant sports book and you got the Lakers at 50 and a half, are you taking the over or the under? I'm taking the over. Uh, I did this probably the same exact uh, um, experiment last year and I was way off, but it was a little bit different. This one, I think this one's over. With Frank Vogel preaching defense, especially right now in training camp, and the mix, like you were saying, of young guys, old guys, and the mixture of LeBron and Anthony Davis, and just guys that shoot threes and hit and play defense, I think they have a, a much better shot at getting over the 50 mark. So let me let me ask you this real quick. Now, I mean, you know, you're you're a little bit more in tune and in depth with the team than we are out here in in Minnesota. I mean, are, do players seem to be taking to to Frank Vogel and that defensive approach? Uh, you know, are are they buying in? I guess is the the key phrase that a lot of people look at. Uh, it seems like it. Frank Vogel. Uh, I think it was Saturday, maybe after the first practice, he he was clear on saying, "You're if you're going to come and play the Lakers, you're going to get smacked in the mouth." And he is going to, he's been preaching play physical basketball. He actually, and I saw there was one of the reporters for the Lakers today 
said that there was in the middle of practice a guy went up. I don't remember who it was, but somebody went up to block a shot and fouled the and fouled the guy, the uh, whoever was going for the basket. Frank Vogel stopped and made sure to actually stop the practice and made it clear: you do not foul shooters. You go just go straight up and down. He's teaching fundamentals all over again, um, and he's and guys are seem like they're really buying in. And if you can keep guys off the free throw line, which you know that's recipe for success for most yep. most nights. Well, and and I guess the the reason I asked that question is I know that when you know Volga was hired, there was the whole you know Jason Kidd wasn't too far behind in the in the signing, and that he was kind of the head coach and waiting kind of thing, and so. I, I was curious if, you know, Vogel was just kind of that placeholder, if you will, or, or if he's coming in and the, the team's actually buying into to what he says. Do you think that kid might be that that next in line? Or, or I mean, is this really Frank Vogel's team? I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I really hope it's not Jason Kidd at any point. Um, I'm, not, I'm not on board with Jason Kidd. So I hope Frank Vogel is fully – is has all the power and is actually going to be the coach for a long time because he's, he's proved he can win with Indiana. He can, hopefully he can do the same thing with the Lakers. And I don't want to see Jason Kidd at any point. <laughs> we saw what he did in Milwaukee. And I think that's more than enough for a lot of teams. I, you know what? That's just on the basketball court. So. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want anything off the basketball court. Yeah, no, not even, not even close. Uh, where do you think the Lakers finish uh, uh, in in the West? Do you think they're number one seed? Do you think they're a top three? Where do you, where do you think they stand? I think they can be anywhere between one and four um, because there are a lot of good teams in in the West. Uh, I think they have the talent and the ability to be the number one overall seed, but I think maybe some other teams like a Denver will take it more seriously, or Utah maybe will. As long as they're have home court advantage in the playoffs. I think that's what's most important. I think they absolutely could be the number one overall seed, but with so many good teams, I it's I don't know if they I, it's one through three, one through four would be my guess. Yeah, and and this is a a, a pretty tight Western Conference. I think even more so than it was last year. Uh, we could easily see four teams from the Pacific Division making the playoffs. You know, obviously we've got the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Clippers. But the Kings are another team that are coming up. And, um, you know, you mentioned Utah. You mentioned Denver. I mean, it's it's going to be, I think, a huge dogfight for those top five. And I think, you know, I think the Lakers don't want to fall anywhere below four. I think they want that home court advantage as they go through. So uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you, but I don't think they fall anything lower than four. No, I don't think so either. I mean, don't forget San Antonio is in there too. Dallas is going to be a lot better this year because they're now they're going to have Kristaps possibly for the whole year. It's uh, you know, and they got Boban. That's 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 the reason why the why the Mavs are making the playoffs is Boban Marjanovic. Look, anywhere that Boban is, there's success. It's it's proven. I mean, it's you look at he was he was under the radar in San Antonio for a lot of people, and then he kind of I mean, it was a, a game against the Wolves. I think he was like nine of nine or something like that. Oh, sorry, fifteen of fifteen. Nope. Oh boy. I mean, it was it was something ridiculous. It was a coming out party for him, and and uh, he's he's just been he's been on fire ever since. And now he gets to play alongside Kristaps and Luca. I think that's a great spot for him. Yeah, it's a great spot. Luca at the point is going to be really interesting too. So uh, that's going to be that's going to be a dangerous, really 
dangerous Western Conference. Uh, final yep. prediction. Uh, do you think the Lakers will take the NBA Finals this year? I got to I got to say yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Lakers Lakers winning the NBA Finals this year. Absolutely. I would I would judge you a little bit if I had on for the Pacific Division covering the Lakers <laughs> and you thought someone else would win it. Uh, right, exactly. No. I love it. I Anthony Davis LeBron James taking us to the Finals. All about uh, it. There you heard it first here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel on the Howl. Uh, again, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you can find him at Bergman Greg on Twitter. He is the executive producer of the Mason and Ireland show on ESPN LA, which is 710 AM. Uh, I see you got Dodger stadium is your, uh, your background pick on Twitter. Uh, playoffs starting soon for major league. I hope that the twins will see the Dodgers in the world series. I would be super happy with that, but at the same time, I kind of hope you guys lose before that because I'm terrified of playing you. So best of luck in the playoffs as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, this is the Dodgers year. Third year is the charm. This is going to be the year that, that the Dodgers and the Lakers both win championships in the same year. It's going to be like 1988 all over again. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch as the, uh, as the season goes on. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to the Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is the Pacific preview. And last but not least, we've got the Phoenix Suns up on deck. I am joined by Sam Cooper, who's the co-host of the Timeline Pod. And he also writes for Brightside Sun. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining us on this, uh, uh, at least up here in Minnesota, a, a rainy and dreary evening. Yeah, it's, I'm actually in New York out here, Kevin. So it's a little bit cold here too, not as cold as uh, and dreary as out there, but thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> well, if I would have known you were from Minnesota, I might have put this interview off a couple weeks just because, uh, you know, we got to play the Yankees and, and I'm not a, a Yankee supporter whatsoever. But uh, nonetheless, we're here to talk Phoenix Suns. At least it's not baseball. So I think we can deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Suns had a pretty interesting year. Uh, did not necessarily live up to some of the expectations when they drafted DeAndre Ayton last year. They go 19 and 63 uh, in a very, very tough Western Conference, and uh, not really the the overall look that the, that you wanted out of this team. Correct? Yeah, that's that's correct, and it's safe to say that they fell short of uh, our expectations last year. Speaking for basically all Suns fans, there, I think the over under for them last year was set around 26, 27 wins, and obviously they came short of that. So, uh, you know, that happened for a variety of reasons that we can get into, but yeah. Well, what do you, what do you see as being the main reason that that led to that, uh, underperformance, if you will? Well, I guess I'll frame the greater discussion as from the national perspective. I think most of the focus right now for Phoenix goes on to Deandre Ayton because he was the number one pick and obviously Devin Booker. Uh, but I think some of the context that you miss, if you weren't watching those games for the Suns, is that those guys were actually pretty good last season and the surrounding core around them was uh, to a large extent, historically awful. Uh, I mean, the Suns were giving lots of minutes to guys like Jamal Crawford, who is just far too old to really make a positive impact on an NBA team. At this point, they had Josh Jackson playing major minutes, which was a disaster. They were throwing a lot of minutes uh, at point guard, mostly to second round rookies and Elliot Kobo and DeAnthony Melton 
Uh, they were starting T.J. Warren at power forward, which isn't his natural position for the vast majority of the season, and were struggling to rebound as a result. So just terrible uh, dysfunction starting from the top, uh, terrible management of the roster with the former GM, Ryan McDonough, who was fired at the beginning of last season. Uh, but, you know, despite all that, Suns fans still have a lot of optimism about Devin Booker, about DeAndre Ayton, and about a couple of other players on that team. Uh, and then they were just happy to go into this offseason and make a lot of moves to kind of kick off those players who were really below replacement level players and replace them with guys who are, you know, maybe not great, maybe not even necessarily above average, but at the very least are definitely NBA caliber talents. Yeah, and, and Wolves fans here know firsthand just uh, how underwhelming Jamal Crawford can be. So we're we're right yeah. there with you on that <laughs> one. Uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, past his prime, better days are, are behind him. Uh, a couple other names that were on the roster last year. If you want to know how bad it was in Phoenix, uh, guys like Ryan Anderson, uh, mm. Dragon Bender, who's not part of the team anymore. Uh, Tyson Chandler was on the roster. Isaiah Cannon was on the roster. But the one name that I have to 100% commend the Suns on was going out and getting Jimmer Fredette, even though it was only a couple <laughs> months and it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I, I think, and, and my co-host Robin Aaron, I think both agree with me on this, Jimmer deserves another NBA shot. And, and the Suns definitely tried. They, they tried. Uh, Suns fans, I think, are actually kind of mad at Jimmer. Oh, God, I hope I don't misremember this now. But there was this one game, if you remember, towards the end of last season, the Suns were in free fall, but the one thing they had going for him was Devin Booker had this series of games where he was going off for 50-plus, uh, yep. like a few games in a row. And he had that one game where he was – it might have been the game where he scored 59 against the Jazz. I, I don't remember anymore, but the point is Jimmer was on the court at the same time and was taking the ball away from him in the final few possessions uh, and just throwing up bricks. And I remember Suns fans online were getting so irrationally mad uh, <laughs> at Jimmer for debt. So, yeah, safe to say that experiment didn't work out. I don't know if another team is going gonna, is gonna to throw him an opportunity. I mean, you can't crack it on a 19-win team. You know, I, I don't know how many more offers he's going to get, but I, we'll I think he was shooting for his career and that's why he was taking so many shots at that point. Yeah, yeah. He wanted but, to prove that he belonged and, and, uh, yeah. didn't necessarily work out too well. Uh, now this, the Suns team in the off season made some moves. Um, you know, they, they went out and traded for Dario Saric and, uh, and the pick from the Timberwolves. Uh, they gave up, uh, what would be Jarrett Culver. Uh, in the draft, they went and got Aaron Baines, Ricky Rubio, Frank Kaminsky. So some, you know, like you said, some guys that maybe aren't the elite level, uh, but they are good role players and guys that that might give you a, a you know, a good, you know, above average plus minus on a, on any given night. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I don't really know where you want to start here. If you want to start, because I, I think Suns fans even feel very differently about different aspects of this offseason. I mean, the draft was uh, a wild ride uh, just to begin with, but then there was also free agency. And, and I think there's a bit uh, of difference between those, those two nights. So. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start with free agency. Cause I want to cover the draft okay. a little bit in depth. So let's start with, you know, I mean the, the Ricky Rubio signing, the Frank Kaminsky signing, what did you like out of free agency for this Phoenix Suns team? Sure. Well, going back to last season, again, you just understand that the Suns are coming in with the mindset that they have to improve essentially everything. Uh, and I think specifically, though, there were four main boxes that James Jones and the new leadership were trying to check. Uh, and I think they pretty successfully checked three of them. I would consider those four to be veteran leadership, shooting, 
playmaking and defense. Um, and, and, you know, as I say that, I realize those sound like very, very big things, and they are. <laughs> and But the Suns really did lack all of that last year, and it was a huge contributor to why they were so bad. Uh, but, you know, you go out and you get guys like Saric, who was a, a 36% career three-point shooter, and Kaminsky, who was a 35% three-point shooter for his career. Aaron Baines, who even shot 35% from three, uh, last year, uh, in addition to the guys they drafted, who are a couple of the best shooters in that draft class. And I think that right there points to the shooting. Uh, I think Ricky Rubio's ability to just command respect and be solid at the point guard position speaks for itself. It's something that Devin Booker, frankly, hasn't, uh, hasn't had next to him in the backcourt really throughout his career, at least not since he was a second-year player and he was playing next to Eric Bledsoe. So I think Ricky Rubio is going to be huge in terms of giving Devin the ability to not always have to create all of the offense. You know, something about Devin Booker is the Suns over the past couple of years have tried to kind of thrust him into this quasi-James Harden role where he kind of has to do everything. And to his credit, he's been able to score really well in that role, but it's come at the cost of things like his efficiency. And we've seen that he's a really good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter for his career, uh, but his efficiency takes a, a dive when he has to do things like pull up and and really create for himself like an, uh, an actual number one superstar would. Uh, so just having Rubio on the court with him should make things a lot easier for him on offense. I think that really takes care of the playmaking. Uh, veteran leadership was the other one that I talked about. You bring in a guy like Aaron Baines, who, you know, I loved Rashawn Holmes uh, and the job he did backing up DeAndre Ayton last season for the Suns. But the one thing that Baines brings in that backup center position is championship caliber player with his experience with the Spurs, his playoff experience with the Celtics, uh, a guy who has a gritty reputation, a defense first reputation, and a guy who's going to set hard screens and teach DeAndre Ayton to have a better work ethic and to play at 100% every night. Uh, So I think him combined with Ricky Rubio's playoff experience as well, um, you know, I, I really think that was the strategy for James Jones is get a couple of guys who are veterans, not Jamal Crawford's, not Tyson Chandler's who are so old to the point where they're basically dust, but guys who can teach <laughs> these young players how to play the right way, but still contribute positively, uh, at least somewhat on the basketball court. And I, and I think that's the, that's the way that you need to go. And, you know, when we, when you look at a team like the Lakers, uh, you know, we, we were just talking about them a little bit ago, they've got a good balance of youth and of that that veteran mentor leaders that can still produce at a good level. And I think that's what the Suns are trying to do here as well. But let's move into that youth here for just a second. Now, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Mikhail Bridges, they're they're both, you know, progressing as as last season went. What do you what do you want to see out of them this year that that's gonna show you that they're taking the steps in the right direction? Well, for DeAndre, I think it all starts with defense. Uh, you know, I think he came in and was essentially DeAndre, unfortunately, was part of, let's be honest, one of the greatest rookie classes we've seen in as long as I can remember. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in a lot of years, 16 and 10 on the efficiency he had is probably rookie of the year. But Luka Doncic just had such a fantastic season. Jaron Jackson Jr. was great. Trey Young was great. Uh, Mitchell Robinson came out of nowhere. So for all these reasons, he kind of fell uh, by the wayside. Uh, but I think he's shown that his perimeter defense is actually pretty good for a guy of his size. He really just has to work on his post defense and and his ability to protect the rim. But I think the offensive polish for him is exactly what you want out of a 21 year old big. I mean, he can create for himself in the post. He's a good pick and roll finisher already. He can stretch you out to mid range and 
you know, I know it's just talk, but given from media day today for the Suns, he's talking about potentially hoisting up threes this year as well. And, and the new head coach, Monty Williams, is all for it. Uh, so offensively, he's a very good player. Mikhail Bridges is kind of the opposite. Uh, he came in and he was a fantastic defensive rookie for the Suns. But if anything, you want to see him be in a position where he's less three, just purely a three and D role player and can actually create for himself a little bit off the bounce, uh, add a little more shake to his game and uh, get more involved in the offense. That would be great for him. Yeah, we've we've seen the athleticism out of Bridges. Uh, definitely want to see more of that scoring and using that athleticism to help him help him score. But I mean, this this Suns team sounds like it's coming together. And then you get the NBA draft that happened this last June. Let's, let's talk about this, Sam, because as a Wolves fan, I mean, granted, I was super happy that we moved up, that we were able to, you know, move up in the draft. Now, you know, time will tell on our draft pick. I I didn't want Jarrett Culver, but I'm okay with the pick now, you know, the more that I kind of do my research on him, but uh, the sun's taking Cam Johnson with that 11th overall (laughs) pick from the Wolves. Uh, was, I mean, at least as a Wolves fan, I didn't think he was on anybody's radar, but an 11th overall pick. What are your thoughts on Cam Johnson? Well, I've gotten over it and I like Cam Johnson now and I'm ready to embrace him, uh, you know, as I am with the entire roster. I think on the night of a lot of Suns fans were freaking out because the conversation before draft night was all about get like getting a prospect like Jared Culver at number six seems like a best case scenario. Uh, and then even if you throw out that trade, like if the Suns had gotten the 11th pick or, or sorry, had gone through with that trade and kept the 11th pick, there was a player like Brandon Clark who is still available on the board for many more picks. There were good forwards like P.J. Washington still on the board. And this was a team that went into the summer with a massive hole uh, at power forward. So I think a lot of Suns fans were angry. Since then, uh, we've kind of gotten over it. I mean, Cam Johnson I talk about the Suns needing shooting, and he is the best shooter that they added this offseason, bar none. As long as the rest of his game translates a little bit to the NBA level, this is a guy who shot 46% from NBA range last year uh, for UNC. Uh, He's made a lot of improvement. Obviously, he's a much older prospect coming into the NBA at 23 years old. And so I think there are concerns about him not necessarily having that high of a ceiling uh, and also potentially having some injury risk with hip and back issues. But, uh, you know, just in terms of adding shooting, the Suns were able to do that with Cam Johnson. I think he's going to be able to slot into that depth chart right away, uh, come into the game and make an impact catching passes from Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker. So let's let's talk about the other pick that the Suns had. Uh, 24th overall from Philadelphia via Boston turned into Ty Jerome from Virginia. Yeah, Ty Jerome, I think, is a guy that... Uh, was maybe more unanimously praised when the Suns took him. And you can start to see, you can start to see the pattern form there as well. First of all, he's another good shooter. He's another good playmaker. And that kind of just fits into the pattern that I've been talking about, you know, for the past 10 or 15 minutes, Uh, but also just being a winner at Virginia seems to be really something that stands out to James Jones, who's, you know, a former player himself. Uh, And you can see it in the way that he talks about this team and the way that he has so much faith in guys who went through the college process consistently on good teams. Guys like Mikhail Bridges, who won at Villanova, and now adding a guy like Ty Jerome, who won at Virginia. It's trying to add fewer of these guys who are going to come in as 18, 19-year-olds, as we've seen with the Suns over the past few years. You know, I'm thinking specifically about a guy like Josh Jackson, 
and just you can trust these prospects to make good decisions from the get-go and you can entrust them to build a, a more positive culture which is really what this team is going for right now because they've had again just so much instability over the past decade now you look at this this Suns team who haven't won more than 24 games in a season uh, in the last four years uh Currently, Bovada has the Suns at 29 and a half. You're sitting oh, in wow. Vegas at the sports book, 29 and a half on the screen. Are you taking the over or the under? Well, I, I host the Suns podcast, and I feel like, you know, the people who follow me are going to kill me if I don't take the over. <laughs> uh, what I will say is we discussed this on my podcast a few weeks ago, back when I actually saw a line that was at 27 and a half. And I was thinking that's an easy over, 29 and a half. I'm still going to go with the over. I, I just think like we're slotted for uh, a starting lineup going into the season. That's going to be probably Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, Dario Saric, and DeAndre Ayton. And that right there, if you can't win 30 games with that starting lineup, plus some decent pieces on the bench, Mikhail Bridges, Tyler Johnson is going to be coming off the bench. Those rookies I was just talking about, Frank Kaminsky, you're in big trouble. And the, um, Sorry, Devin Booker at that point, if you can't win 30 games unless you have major injuries, Devin Booker probably isn't the future building block that you think he is. Uh, so for the sake of Devin Booker and believing in him as a future number one option and potential superstar, I'm going to take the over and say that if you surround him with average starters, as the Suns seem to be doing this season, you can probably win 30 or more games. So here's the, here's the uh, we'll call it the hot take question of the night for you. Suns at the trade deadline, not looking like they're going to take that over of 29 and a half. They're, they're having a rough season. Do we see rumors for Devin Booker being moved from Phoenix start to arise? And do you think he's on the team by the end of the 1920 season? Well, look, I think the reality of uh, the NBA landscape these days is that normally you would say he's a guy who's entering year one of his max extension. So there's no way that sort of thing would happen. Uh, but we're in an era of basketball where players have more and more power uh, and are able to force themselves out of shitty situations. I'm sorry, am I allowed to curse on this podcast? <laughs> you're, you're fine. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to check. Uh, so, so, you know, certainly there's the possibility that Booker could uh, force himself out if it got that bad. I don't think this is the season for that. I still think we're one or two years away uh, from fully having to hit that panic button and potentially reset. Uh, so I don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, obviously, they could get a really good haul for them, but I still think they're interested in building around him. And I have a decent amount of faith that they can actually make things work uh, this season. Well, if you guys do look to trade Devin Booker, can I interest you in an Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a no on Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> now, I do think... I don't, I don't know your opinions on this, but, you know, I do think Andrew Wiggins gets a little bit too much flack around, you know, like on NBA Twitter and other online communities these days. It's kind of an overdone joke. But, uh, but no, for Devin Booker, I, I think it's unlikely that I'd say yes to that. Well, let's, let's, you know, maybe see if we can work something out. Both need a fresh start, and Andrew Wiggins deserves all of the hate that he gets on NBA Twitter. Uh, with the exception of when he got his, uh, when he got robbed and people were, were laughing at that. Other than that, with his on-the-court game, he deserves all of the hate that he's gotten, in my opinion. I think 
if if some fans are going to go for anyone on that Wolves roster, they're just going to be looking at Carl Anthony Towns. Actually, you know, it's it's interesting that we even talk about this because this has always been kind of the rumored big three in the making is Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell, right? Because those three are, are such close friends. And I, I see, see where them, you're going with this. You see them taking vacations together and you yep. see them, you know, posing for photos together to this day. The question is, which... Which team are the three of them going to team up on? Is it going to be Phoenix? Suns fans would hope so. Is it going to be Minnesota? I'm sure Wolves fans would hope so. Certainly hope it's not the Warriors, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's still something that's going to happen. Let me let me ask you this. Out of those three teams, if that were to happen, what team do you see hosting those three? Uh, well, I mean, I'm biased. You brought in the Suns guy, right? So I'm going to say the Suns. I think the <laughs> Suns have pretty good assets right now. Uh, but here's the thing, like DeAndre Ayton, you hope that DeAndre Ayton becomes Carl Anthony Towns a few years down the yep. line. And if you offer DeAndre Ayton to the uh, to the Wolves for Carl Anthony Towns, they're not they're not interested in getting a guy who was basically a version of Carl Anthony Towns four years ago. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I don't really know how any of that works. Uh, yeah, cat, or how cat we would actually light, as we like to call him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's, well, def- he's definitely it, cat light. I mean, if, if three guys were going to join forces together, I mean, in my opinion, if the Wolves, you know, if, if this end, uh, ends up happening and it falls apart like this where we have to trade Towns, anybody but the Warriors, but the Clippers, but the Lakers, and, like, I can I can deal with it. But let's get let's get Devin Booker and D'Angelo out of the Pacific Division and get them into the Central and see what <laughs> they can do. Well, what, are, what are your thoughts on the rest of the Pacific? I mean, this this division, in my opinion, is going to have four teams make the playoffs. I mean, obviously, it's it's got to be one of the toughest divisions in basketball when you look at it top to bottom. You've got the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. You've got the Lakers with LeBron and AD. You, I mean, even the Kings, in my opinion, with uh, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and Marvin Bagley and, and some good uh, role-playing guys like Dwayne Dedman and Trevor Reese. I mean, there's going to be four teams coming out of – coming out of this division that'll make the playoffs. And I think the Suns are moving in the right direction, but I think this year, especially with how loaded this division is, it's going to be tough for them to win division games. Um, I think, I think they can hit the over, but I think that's going to come against some Eastern conference teams and, uh, uh, and, and maybe a couple, you know, stolen games from some of the better teams in the other divisions. Yeah. The West is just so tough and, and being in the Pacific, the Suns are going to have one of the, probably the strongest uh, strength of schedule in the league, <laughs> to, to be honest. So that's a good argument for taking the under, is that they play 16 games against such uh, such difficult teams. So, you know, I, I essentially think it's a given that the Suns finish fifth in this division, although I do think the Kings might be a little bit more of a regression candidate than some people give them credit for. Uh, but, you know, Suns fans are, for the most part, I'd like to think a reasonable bunch. No one's expecting playoffs this year. Uh, you know, we would be over the moon, I think, with 35 wins, you know, or if they could somehow be the surprise breakout candidate like the Kings were last year, get to 40 wins. That would probably take Devin Booker having a 30 point per game season and and DeAndre and becoming a 20 and 12 guy with good defense. Uh, but somehow if that happened, that would be amazing. Uh, just, you know, the reality is they're going to face a very, very difficult schedule. I dread uh, all of those games against the Clippers and the Lakers. I dread having the Lakers again in a position where they should be able to uh, potentially dominate the conference and the division if they want to, uh, because certainly I think the league is in a better position when the Lakers are uh, a, a shitty team. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see what happens. And 
hopefully the Suns are able to hit that over, like I said before. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun season. Uh Sam, I'm gonna let you uh promote all of your stuff here uh real quick for uh for what you do for uh the timeline pod and, and bright side. Sure. So if you know there somehow happens to be a Suns fan listening to this podcast. That didn't come directly from my Twitter feed. Uh, <laughs> I am the co-host of the Timeline Podcast. It's a Blue Wire podcast. Uh, we drop episodes every week, so listen to us for all of your Suns news. I'm a contributor over at the SB Nation Suns blog, uh, Bright Side of the Sun, so you can find my work there every week as well uh, for analysis pieces on the Suns. And you can follow me on Twitter, at S. Cooper Hoops. Uh, yeah, that's basically it for me. Awesome. Sam, again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll keep in touch as the NBA season rolls on. Yep, Kevin, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Quarter four of the Howl. As always, we start with the Howl Hardwood history. So I'm going to turn it over to Aaron, and he's going to give you this week's history lesson. Thank you for that introduction, Kevin. This week's Howl Hardwood history player is James Burnett. They call him Bunny Jones. Born November 30th, 1949, he's most notable for being an ABA and NBA player, and he's currently the radio broadcast analyst for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jones, standing at 6'11", was a power forward center, starring at Marquette University. During his time at Marquette, he earned All-American honors, first as a junior in 1972, where Jones averaged 20 and a half points per game and nearly 20 rebounds per contest. He then left Marquette early to pursue an ABA career. Jones was only the second player in NCAA history to leave the school early for professional basketball before his graduating year. Now, stop and let that sink in for a moment because today it is essentially the norm that you leave school early to pursue basketball. I, I believe just in this recent draft, we had the most freshmen ever drafted in the first round of the NBA. So amazing how times have changed since 1972. Now, the New York Knicks offered him a sizable contract, and the stipulation was entered as he must accept within days or leave college or and leave college excuse me now as a result of this stipulation he left marquette this is in february of 1972 with his college team undefeated and ranked second in the nations i mean pump the brakes there right i mean that's um a questionable move to say the least after chone's departure from marquette they actually finished their season 25 and 4 now As a professional basketball player, he was in the ABA with the New York Nets, with whom he was ABA All-Rookie First Team, and he spent a season with the Carolina Cougars. Now, fast forward to 1975, he moved to the NBA, where he played five seasons with the Cleveland Cavaliers and later won an NBA championship as a member with the 1980 Los Angeles Lakers. He actually retired from basketball in 1982 with a combined ABA-NBA totals and points of almost 10,000 and over 6,400 rebounds in his career. Now, after retiring from the NBA, Chone spent the next 11 seasons as a television color analyst for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and now he's returned as a radio postgame analyst. 
During the 2010-2011 season, usual Cavs radio voice Joe Tate missed much of the season as he was recovering from an illness. Now, during that time, Jones, in a morning co-host, sports director, and Cavs pregame postgame host Mike Snyder, informed him that he'd be doing play-by-play for the team. So he picked up that during the 2010-2011 season. Jones became a full-time member of the radio team the following season, where he's working alongside uh, the play-by-play announcer, John Michael. Now, looking over his career accomplishments, I mentioned the first-team All-American. He's actually, you know, considering the move he pulled on Marquette, inducted into the Hall of Fame inductee class. This was in 2004. He was the ABA All-Rookie First Team, 1980 NBA Championship, and he's in the Greater Cleveland Sports Hall of Fame inductee list in 2002. Kevin, this week's player, Jim Jones. They call him Bunny. Bunny, Bunny, Bunny. Thank you, Aaron, for that. As always, get your history lesson here on the fourth quarter of the Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel with the Howl Hardwood History. And now it is time for everybody's favorite game show, yours and mine, Can Kevin Cousy. Uh, for those that don't know how to play, Rob has a list of players, somewhere between 1 and 1 million, usually around 30. He's got five clues for each player on average. Fairner, I think we know who Rob is describing. We use our name as our buzzer. If we're right, we get points. If we're wrong, we're out for just the remainder of that player. Uh, there's usually themes and bonus points, but uh, currently on the season, it is 2-0 Kevin. As we hit game three, I'm going to turn it over to Robert. All right. Hopefully you guys have been paying attention. This week we are doing a Can Kevin Cousy based off of the ESPN NBA ranks. So this is going to be each question's worth six points. The way it works is two points for the player, two points for their current rank, and two points for their previous rank. So oh, a possibility of six points total. We'll do it the same way we normally do. Whoever gets the person right is the first person to guess on the other two portions. Makes sense. So we'll go a little bit by little bit. Does that make sense, Aaron? It does, but I'm going to ask you to repeat that because I may or may not have been <laughs> checking social media well, at that Too time. bad for you. We're going to start anyways. Fair enough. Kevin, are you on the, on the same page? Yes. If you want me to repeat them, I'm more than happy to. No, I'm, I, I actually <laughs> listened the first time. Well, so. what about the listeners? Maybe somebody's just tuning in to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And they want to know the rules. Well, they'll catch on, won't they? Fair enough. We're not bailing you out, Aaron. <laughs> and so will I. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, starting off, first one. Hold on, time out, time out, time out. I want to place a side bet. All right. Winner gets Kevin's no Reese's dipped pencils. No. I mean, Why? What is, wait, what is, wait. If you want to make that bet, that's fair. But yeah, what are you what giving are you up if you lose? Up? A blue piece of paper. I mean, that doesn't seem fair at all. Looks like that's not a bet we'll be making. All right. So here we go. First oh, up, a Western Conference center strives to improve strives to improve his passing and defense. Kevin. Kevin. Nikola Jokic. Incorrect. That'd be incorrect, Kevin. A top ten pick in the draft. First of all, Jokic never plays defense. Well, he's striving to improve. And he's, I don't know that he is. And everyone thinks he's an elite passer, so he yeah, probably doesn't think he needs to improve. So it, a top so. ten pick in the draft. Kentucky. The Timberwolves. Aaron. Aaron. Carl Anthony Towns. That is correct. Carl Towns is the answer. So now, what is his current rank? This was the ESPN? Yep. Okay, where'd they have him? I've seen some of these, but with everything going on, where do I remember? I'm going to say they had him 19th. 
I believe this year it was 13. Incorrect. He is 18th. 18th. Okay. 18th. Man, I was close. Now, to you again, Aaron, what was his previous rank? 24. I'm going to go 22. He was 17th. They've actually so dropped, he dropped him. dropped. Wow. Yep, they dropped him. Yikes. Oh, you know, I bet you I bet you I know who the one uh the one new one is. Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? The one new one. Yeah, the one that basically caused him to drop back one. Well, we'll are see. You, are you... We'll see. Don't give hints. You don't want to give it away. No, I'm just I'm saying I, I have a I have a strong feeling I know Fair who enough. it is. I think I know too. So it is two O Aaron early on. Next up, a forward, a bit of a journeyman despite how good he is. Channing Fry is his cousin. He is currently on his fifth team. He went to Tennessee for college. Aaron. Aaron. Tobias Harris. That is correct. Tobias Harris. So it's two points per correct answer, correct? Yep. Okay. yep. So what, uh, what is his number currently? Well, thank goodness you didn't bet those Reese's Dip pretzels. I mean, it's early. There's lots of time for you to screw up. <laughs> this isn't Space Jam. Oh, okay. So Tobias Harris would be 21. I'm going to say he's a little bit lower than that. I'm going to say 32. I mean, this is the top 30, Kevin. So, is it? Come so, on, take it away. Take I, it away, baby. You know, I don't like to do one. this, but I got to do it. You, you're negative one. That's I have to do it. Ridiculous. Because <laughs> I, that's bad, man. <laughs> and I was the one that wasn't paying attention. He is 29th. Oh, my goodness. 29th. Well, now you got the bar set. What is his previous ranking, Aaron? Can I go outside the top 30 for previous? I was going to ask For previous, you can. Yes. yes. <laughs> there we go. Well, what's, uh, what's the, it's what's hard previous? to feel like he took a step back. Back, because with the Clippers he was balling before he went to Philly. He's got to be right around that twenty nine. I would imagine. I I am gonna say he's outside of the top thirty. I'm going with thirty six. What are you thinking, Kev? I'm gonna go thirty four. Sixty. He was wow. sixty. That's really disrespectful. Yeah, I was surprised. How is there fifty nine better players? I don't know. All right, whatevs. So craziness. Next up, no college. A top 10 pick in the early 2000s. Now in his third team, he plays multiple positions. Aaron. Aaron. Five. <laughs> LeBron James. LeBron James. Why were you laughing? I was waiting for the Rob setup. Like, I thought that was like, because I knew it was LeBron after the first one, but you and I both know that Rob just loves to set up. I do up. love doing that. So it I was just fun. waiting for him to go, ha ha, nope. And, and <laughs> that was getting into my head. So I was like, yeah. this is coming. I'm so going to fall. So uh, what is his number? Currently, three. It is three. It is three. That is correct. You like that confidence? What was his number previously? One. It is one. That is correct. There you go. There you go. Next up, he is a guard, very polarizing. Has only played in the Western Conference. Aaron. Aaron. Russell Westbrook. Incorrect. I gave it to you, Kev. There's the door open. He went to a state college. He loves fouls. The Rockets. Kevin. Yep. James Harden. That is correct. James Harden. What is his number, Kevin? Yeah, it's fun being leadoff, huh? I am going to go with two. Five. He has four. Oh, I knew what it. What was he previously? Three. Five. He was three. 
Nicely nice, done. Nice That's job, how you start Kevin. a comeback right Thank there. You. Thank you. Next up, he has NFL ties, especially this season. Kevin. He, Kevin. Jimmy Butler. That is correct. But I want to go through the other ones because they're pretty good. He is his biggest fan. It's his fourth team, although he is glad you can't spell team without me. <laughs> I thought those were fun. So, yes, that is correct. What what's, is his? what's the football ties? Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Oh. The two of them are best friends, and they're both clowns. Yep. What's, uh, his, what's his current number? I feel like he's a lot higher than he should be on this list, which bugs me. I'm going to say, like, 12. What are you thinking? 16. He's 21. Good. What was he previously? Probably, like, 38. <laughs> uh, 18. Wait, what was your guess 38? 38. Okay, 13. Oh, wow. So they dropped him 8 for being a bum. Good. <laughs> Good. I love Rob. Nothing could be more of an insult when Rob's just like, hey, he's a bum. He's such a bum. He's, he's Bush bum. League. If I've he's seen, Bush League. I've seen yep. tweets from multiple accounts on Twitter saying like, oh, Jimmy Butler's not a clown. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you just. Those are his burner you accounts. Go, you go follow your Portland Trailblazers. You have no experience with Jimmy Butler in your team environment. Why don't we send him over to you and see yeah, how he correct. does? Well, they like, got one now. They got Hassan Whiteside. We'll see how that goes. I think he, he's better than Jimmy, though. He is, but I'm Easily. just saying this would be their first, you know, yeah. you know a oh, guy yeah. that's like that. Yep. All right, next up, friend of a Timberwolf. Aaron. Aaron. D'Angelo Russell. Incorrect. There's the setup. There's the setup. That actually wasn't Thanks. a setup, but it worked. Thanks, so. Rob. That's... Definitely not known for his defense. A guard. Still works, actually. <laughs> right? The Western Conference. Yep. Still works. Still working. Kentucky. The Suns. Kevin. Kevin. Devin Booker. That is correct. Devin Booker. What number is he currently? 37. <laughs> 69. Um, 25. That feels... That feels right. I don't know how they can find that many guys ahead of him. So what's your guess? I'm going to say thinking? 27. He's 30th. That All right. Fun. I would argue I don't even know if he belongs on this list in the top 30. I'm not a big Devin Booker fan, but that's fine. What was he previously? I feel like he was higher, and they dropped him after his play this season. So I'm going to go 26. 41. 31. So not much of an improvement. He moved up. That's a joke. Yeah, it's kind of goofy. Kind of goofy. All right, so next up, only one team in his career. Eastern Conference, multiple positions. No college. Aaron. Aaron. Ben Simmons. No college? Sorry. It's ridiculous. I wasn't really paying attention to that. (laughs) It was one team, multiple positions. I'm going for it, Rob. MVP. The Bucks. Five. Kevin. Kevin. Giannis. Am um, Tedekumpo. I don't want to give it to you because you said Am um, Tedekumpo. I don't know who Am um, Tedekumpo is. You said Am um, Tedekumpo. No, you did not. Yes, I did. You know how I know you didn't? Because I can go back and listen, and you didn't. Okay, go back and listen. Oh, oh all right. God. We're doing this. Right. We're doing this. All right. We'll be right back here on Dash For Radio's a negative one? Nothing in that channel. And if he's wrong, he does lose a point. It's fine. Oh, my goodness. I said on Tedekumpo. The tape doesn't lie. Correct. So I would um, have been at 14. Um, um at Tedekumpo is exactly uh, what, what showed up there. So stupid. So No, it's fun. It's fun is what Whatever. it is. Whatever. Kevin, I'm, I'm winning tappins. now. Missing tapping birdies. It's like they say in a non-RT movie. Cry me a river, dickface. 
<laughs> Where did this guy come so from? So Giannis was ranked number one in this year's list. Was he one? Yeah, he's one. He was. What was he before? Uh, I'm going to go with, I think he traded with LeBron. So I'm going to say three. Six. Four. Okay. Four. Mm. Pretty good. Next up, an Eastern Conference center. Only one team in his career. Aaron. Aaron. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. That one kind of is, if you take a second, you're like, okay. Well, I mean, if be- I wait for the obvious one, then he's right there, too. So, I mean, I got to go a little bit early, right? I mean. What's, uh, what's his number? Embiid feels higher. I bet you they ranked him higher than Towns. So, I'm going to say 13. I'm going to go 10. 8. Yeah, it doesn't surprise Eight. me. That's, that's wild. They're not taking into account injuries, clearly. What, uh, what was he before? It's on me. So, going into last year, what would they have ranked him? I'm going to go 14. 12? 9. Okay. Man. So pretty crazy there. Next up, recently changed teams, a wing. Stayed in the Western Conference. Started in the East. Fresno State. Aaron. Aaron. Kawhi Leonard. No. No. Did not go to Fresno State. Oh, he did not go to Fresno State. Goodness. The Clippers. This will be where you answer. Oh, hey, that's all. Yeah. Uh, Kevin. Yeah. Paul George. Paul George. So what is his recent ranking? Lucky number seven. That feels really good. I'm going to go eight. Nope. 10th. All right. 10th. What was he before? I think he was pretty close to that. Uh, so I'm going to go 11. I will answer with unlucky number 13. 14. So Ooh, close. So Aaron. Close. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That channel. We are the Howl. Quarter four. This is Can Kevin Cousy. What is the scoring update, Kevin? Uh, after being down 6-0 to start, Kevin has taken the lead and now leads 16-14. to 16-14. Nice and close. Got a close one. Here we go. A guard, only one team. Western Conference. Most improved player in 15-16. Aaron. Aaron. C.J. McCollum. That is correct. C.J. McCollum. I'm trying, Jennifer. Lehigh for college. What number is uh, McCollum? If Paul George is there, McCollum, I'm going to say is 19. 15? 13. What was he before? 19. The legal drinking age, 21. 30. All right. Wow. By the way, jump. there are some people on this list that were unranked before. So, like, there are some that just be aware. Like, before they were on this Good list. Yeah. Good to know. Just to kind we of got a hunch over here. Up. Next up, one of the best shooting guards in the game. Aaron. Aaron. Five, four, <laughs> three, two. Clay Thompson. Incorrect. That's just disrespectful. Eastern well, he said, Conference. He said one of the best. Yeah, well. Only one team in his career. Florida. The Wizards. Kevin. Kevin. Bradley Beal. Yep, Bradley Beal is correct. What number, well, what number is he? I'm going to go I know. 29. We already picked that one, but I'll go with 28. He is 19. Get All right. out of town. <laughs> All right. 
19. So he's 19 and Towns was like 17? Towns was 18. 18? Please. No way. Yeah. Please. Correct. Get out of, I mean, really, what was he get out of Towns. What was he before? This is you, Kev. I feel like it's it's something like 39. So He's okay. unranked. What? Do you want to pick 39 or you want 39. to pick something like 39? 39. All right. Next up, some compare him to Wiggins in terms of his contract versus production. Western Conference guard. Wolves passed on him in the draft. Kentucky. Aaron. Aaron. Five, four, three, two, one. Kevin. Kevin. John Wall. Incorrect. Hold on, hold on. What? Did that really just happen? Yeah, Western Conference guard. <laughs> oh, my God. We also didn't pass on him. He was the number one pick. <sighs> didn't have a chance. I mean, really, that was like a comedy it, of errors. There. The first one's right, though. You're right. He was. People consider his contract to be too much. He went to Kentucky. <laughs> the Nuggets. Kevin. Aaron. Kevin was first. Why does he get to go again? You're both You out. buzzed in, too. But, You're both wrong. <laughs> well, go for it. Jamal Murray. Yeah, that's right. Why are you so confused? Jamal Murray isn't in the same like Wiggins what? isn't in the same category. A lot as Murray. of people think that his contract like he's hasn't earned his contract. Holy cow. Well then let's trade them straight up. So, anyways, that's a thing. It's that's very a common. Thing. Hey, yikes. Not a thing on my world. What uh what number is he, Kev? Twenty eight. Well, I would say thirty, but that's already been taken. So twenty six. Twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Right yeah. in between so us. far. Right in between What us. was he before? Uh, I'd say like 41. Right. Um, 40. Kevin said 46 earlier. I'm going to say 46. That 46 feels- is correct. Yeah. Nicely done. Good job, Aaron. Channeled my inner Kevin. Next Remember up. I told you I'd be you. Good job. On the First year with a new team, a guard. Has only been with two teams, both in the Western Conference. Greg Oden. Ohio State. Aaron. Aaron. Five. D'Angelo Russell. What? We already said that. Ohio State. He played on Ohio State. I, that's where I went with that. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. That's my logic in a nutshell. It's fine. it's fine. Okay. Well, for a second there, I'll it didn't feel like it was. Up, Rob, so for the record, D'Angelo Russell played with the Nets. I know he did, but you know what? I just got crazy there. Anyways, it just happened. The Jazz. Answer, Kevin. Answer, Kevin. Kevin. Mike Conley. Mike Conley is oh. correct. Greg Oden. What's his number? Uh, let's say like 21. 26. 24. Hmm. What was he before, Kevin? 17. Did he go up or down? He went down. 20. 44th. How did he go up that much? What? I don't know how that works at all. There's no way. It's very weird. That's absolutely baffling to me. Who did this? Anyways, but uh, yeah, I found that very crazy when I saw. Hey Siri, who the heck? Who the heck ranked Mike Conley twenty points (laughs) higher? She tried to chime in just now. (laughs) That's it. Soundboard for next Siri button. I want Siri button next week. All right, let's do it. Next up, think Notre Dame football player. Kevin. Kevin. Rudy Gobert. That's right. Rudy Gobert. 
I love when you guys talk to each other without looking. <laughs> that's how we do things. I mean, that's a that's a great. What clue. is his uh, Colonel what's, Sanders? What's his current ranking? Uh, I think they've got him pretty high for his defensive prowess. So I'm gonna say 14. So another center higher than Towns. I am not buying it. I don't know what to tell you. 21. 14 is correct. Hey, what was he before? That's painful. Uh, I think he did go up, which makes me even more furious. So I'm going to say 21. 16. 23. I knew he went up. I can't believe. I can't. I'm sorry, but it's ridiculous to me that he's this high on the list. How is, first of all, he's not better than Towns. That's absurd to me. His defense, I, I will, let me say this. His defensive abilities are, in my opinion, second to none out of the big men in the, in the West. But his, I think his offense so, and, and his other intangibles do not, not make him high. My big thing is, offensively, Towns is further from Gobert than Gobert is further from Towns defensively. I agree. Because defensively, Towns got a lot better last year. He's a great shot blocker, top 10. I mean, lots of things to like. So I, I'm with you. Towns is just collecting the mm. bulletin board material right, right now. It's, it's ridiculous. Next up, 2016 27th pick. From Cameroon. I don't know what... Aaron's so mad at me because he just caught me eating a pretzel. Aaron. Pascal Siakam. That's correct. Two extra points to the first person if you can name what college he went to. Well, he's from Cameroon, and I don't think he played in the NCAA. So I really don't have a clue. I'm sorry. No guesses? No idea. Think... Does anyone watch Better Call Saul? No. Well, never mind. I did watch it. That's a great show. Uh, New Mexico State. Oh, he did go to college. Yep, he did. My bad. I was surprised, too, actually. The disrespect I just put on his name. So what's his number? Hmm. 20. I can't remember. Which one was it? 26. I'll go 28. 22. 22. What was he before? He wasn't top 30. 49. 53. Unranked. Wow. He was, I mean, think about it. He had a yeah. breakout year last year. Yeah, he did. Mean, before he did. that, he much. Yep. Breakout of breakouts. So, and the best thing about him, which is crazy, is that first game of the NBA Finals, he was literally the best player on the court yep. that entire game, Very which true. is like, yep. wow. I agree. Go get it, young stud. Next up, just one clue. Only one clue. Judy Dench. Kevin. Kevin. Damian Lillard. <laughs> One of these days, Aaron's going to get that clue. <laughs> you should write it down, remember it, tattoo it. it. Whatever you got to do, man. Wouldn't that be weird? What's you, his, walk, uh, you walk in with like a Dame tattoo on your his current, uh, What's his current With Judy Dench. Uh, lucky number 13. That feels good. I'm going to go top 10, and I can't remember if nine's been selected or not yet, but I'm picking nine. Nine's correct. Woohoo! He does ninth. Hey, All Kevin. Right. What, is, uh, what's, what was he before? I'm going to go probably right around that number. Did he go up or down? That's really the question. You I'm going to say 10. Whew. Last year. What's the guess? Eight. Ten is correct. There you go. What we should be doing is going, Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! 
What's the score? Can somebody tell me the uh, score? It is currently 30 to 22 in favor of Kevin. What happened? You giving yourself four Kevin. points a question? I mean, uh, in a few of them, he did. In a few was, of them where I've gotten four points, was, and I've given you your four points, too, when I you've gotten them. I was in the them. lead. Yeah, and now you're not. That's how this game works. How it works sometimes. Next up, 2K differs on his position. Eastern Conference. Kevin. Kevin. I'm going to go Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is correct. Wayho. What's it say? By the way, Ben Simmons went to college, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at LSU. That's I true. Yeah, yep. good job. So what's it, what's it, 2K say, Rob? Well, so if you play my team, there is a card where he's not a point guard. He's like a power forward. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Because people kind of spam the big point guards. Yeah. And it kind of ruins the game a little bit. So they, they made tried. they made uh, uh, 2K my team where it's position locked. So they can only play the position they have on the card. So. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, it makes now, sense. now, if you're like a guy like Troy Dan, you can't put Shaq or you LeBron know. at the point guard position. Still fun though. What's uh, what's what's Ben Simmons ranking? <sighs> See, I'm not a big Ben Simmons fan. I think he's overrated. I think in this list they've got him pretty high. I think sure. at this young age they have him as a top ten player, and I don't think he deserves it. But I'm going to go eight. Okay, eleven. He is fifteenth. Okay, that's a. It's 15. a fair ranking. That's a, that's a ranking I'm it's okay with. the first with. one. It's like, okay, yeah. well, I get that. What was he before? Uh, again, I think he was lower. I think they moved him up. I'm going to go 20. Hmm, 20 seems high. 14. 19. Hmm, 19. Okay. You Next were there. Up, Eastern Conference point guard. Fifth overall pick in 2018. All rookie first team. Oklahoma. Aaron. Aaron. Five. Oh. Four. The quickest countdown ever. I hate me. Three, two, one. <laughs> I don't know. Oklahoma threw me off. Okay. Well, then I, the countdown still, didn't matter. That was ridiculous. It was like, Aaron, five, four, three. Like, I still haven't gotten to zero, and you still haven't said an answer. So it was the longest countdown Kevin. ever at this point. I had no Kevin. I, Trey Young. Trey Young is correct. Oh. Top 30 for Trey Young already. There you go. What what world, that's crazy to me. What world are we what in? What number is he? I, if 30 hasn't been selected, that would 28. be... 28. No, that's already been selected. 26. 28 is correct. Come it has not been selected. <laughs> if you wonder why you're losing, Aaron. Way I'm throwing in the towel, man. After this, I'm done. What, uh, what was he before? Uh, I'm going to go with unranked. Unranked? Yep, unranked is correct. <laughs> <laughs> We got a few left. You can still come back, Aaron. I don't think you will, but you could. Next up, small forward currently in the West. This will be his first season with his current team. Known for his laugh. Aaron. Kevin. That was Aaron. Kawhi Leonard. Yes, it was. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi. What? Two points to whoever can name what college you went to. Kevin. Aaron. No, no, no. no I... Kevin was first. It was just a toss-up. It was my control. I had. It doesn't matter. It was a toss-up. That's ridiculous. I said to whoever. She just neutralized my good answer. Nice. You're the best. I did that earlier too to both. I did it earlier to Kevin. You're the best. I know. I am the best. I am throwing your Christmas present in the garbage. To be fair, he hasn't answered yet. I'm I'm waiting for Aaron to stop complaining. Thanksgiving gift is going in the recycle bin. He went to San Diego State. Of course, true. He's an two points to Aaron if he can tell me what team he's currently on. The Los Angeles Clippers. There you go. <laughs> oh, wow. You happy now? You gave me a Kleenex. Oh, crybaby. You gave me a virtual Kleenex. 
That was, I, that was so insulting, Rob. <laughs> Not even what is his? Uh, what's his current? Him. What's his current number? Two. Yeah, it's got to be two. It is two. What was his previous number? Four. Three. Eight. Wow. That surprised me. Mm-hmm. Wow, it puts six some, spot jump for put Kawhi. some respect on the name, would you? I think he was hurt and there were some issues. Yeah, I, think that's I mean that makes well, yeah, sense because he sat out a lot of that last year with San so, Antonio. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, he recently talked about being a shoe free agent. Aaron, Aaron, this is a horrible guess. Lonzo Ball, that is a horrible guess. He better not be top thirty. <laughs> I would cry. Troy Dan would be happy, but I would. That's cry. true. A point guard, small forward. Recent Rookie of the Year from Slovenia. The Mavs. Oh, yeah, that's right. He plays for the Mavs, and his name is Luka Doncic. That is correct. Also, pretty sure that's some sort of an STD internationally. <laughs> I got the Doncic. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good news, it's curable by it's seven treatable. chewable tablets. Yeah, yeah right. Fine. What number? What number, <laughs> what number Kevin's like, you guys, you guys both know exactly where I went with that, too, immediately when I just said the words promo code. Um, six. Hold on. What? He just he said guessed? six. Six. Like the number six comes after five? No, the letter six. Yeah, the number six. What are we doing here? <laughs> so he's the sixth best player in the NBA? Maybe. Oh, my. Aren't you going to feel bad if that's correct and you just made fun of the rankings? <laughs> Not <laughs> These rankings are trash if he's number six. Pick a different number, then. I'm going to uh, 26. 16. <laughs> <laughs> you got the six part right, I got I the six part right. Were you being for real with that, or are you just giving me, like, trying to, like, give me, like, a free answer there? I mean, I got the best reaction possible, so I don't what, even regret not What was he that previously? Right. I'm going to go with unranked. Unranked. 63rd. By the way, I don't know what it's out of. Like, I don't know what the, where it stops. What? But so Trey Young is unranked, but Luca's sixty third, right? I mean, he was pretty big coming in. He and was, he, but was he coming in or coming in? I mean, the, he was. You know, every year it's it's between some big name player and then Ben Simmons for Rookie of the Year. You know, that's, that's true. Kind of how it works? That's true. Next up, like this year, it'll be Zion versus yeah, ben versus Ben Simmons. <laughs> Next up, Steve Miller Band. Kevin. Kevin. Nikola Jokic. That is correct. I was hoping I could go longer. Joaquin Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, the Joker, Rob. That's right, the Joker. What number is he? Well, he's got to be higher than Towns, right? I mean, oh, everyone else yeah. is, right? Yeah. Six. <laughs> Kevin is. No. Gosh, no. That can't be. <laughs> what number is he then? <laughs> Has 11 been picked? I don't know. Maybe. Has it? <laughs> 12. 12 is your answer? Seventh, which is absurd to me. I, I want to kick something. What like can here's I, an example. What can Who I would kick? you rather have, Dame Lillard or Nikolai Jokic? It's obviously Dame Lillard. Yeah. Right? Like, I just, seventh is ridiculous to me. I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't agree with People that. just are drinking the sauce on that guy. Him and Embiid are both higher than Towns is absurd to me. And Gobert. Embiid, and Gobert. Oh, wait, to be fair, I get Embiid, but he's never healthy. And they don't this, take that into account for some reason. This list has Towns as the fourth best. Do, do me a favor. Center. Find the guy that made this list. Let's get him on the show. We need to have a talk. I want to go through the analysis with them. Be like, how did this happen? I mean, you and everyone else. I mean, no one likes the list. That's just it. Is that why they do it? So what just was Jokic's number previously? Unranked. Still stupidly high. <laughs> I'm going to go 11. 
14. 12. Of course it is. 12. Let's get a scoring update. <sighs> 44 to 28. It's not looking good. What the heck happened? Not looking good. But there's a lot of questions left, so it's not over yet. You, you're going to need to start. So here's the deal. It's I'm over, not, Rob. I'm not trying to. I'm wait, checked wait. out. I'm not trying to to, to cheat or uh, can't Isn't think of the word. I'm not trying to. Persuade the victory? No, no. I'm not trying to Skew come up with answers where, like, to screw you over. So like I, these are all just like as is. He's gonna give me you six points to, for each one I get. You should try to jump. You should try to jump in early. Is all I'm saying. Like make early guesses. Oh, like I haven't been. <laughs> Vulture over here just swooping about in. Be, about to be three and zero. Oh I've, I've honestly Ta-ka! handed him probably right. sixteen points. Two Eastern Conference teams. Sure, Aaron. A point guard, Kemba oh. Walker. That's correct. What? What? See, that's what I'm saying. You should do. <laughs> What's his rank? And it's sick that somehow Jokic is ahead of Kemba even. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. But he's scoring almost 30 points a game. I'd take Jokic over Kemba. I would too. Out of your mind. And I love Kemba, but. Ugh. Woof. All right, what's his ranking? Well, I'm trying to think, Rob. Don't rush Don't me. hurt yourself. I, I'm trying not to. Is he in the top 10 or not? Kemba Walker. That's the real question here. I would agree. And I don't believe ESPN, with their nonsense, has ranked him in the top 10. So I will say 12. I honestly don't think they even have him in the top 20. So I'm going to go 21. 17. Okay. What was, was he previously? So ridiculous. Previously? 17. So did he go up or down? 19. 23? 26. 26. You still got a chance, Aaron. This guy is not known for his loyalty. Aaron. Kevin. Aaron. Kevin Durant. Incorrect. I'm, I'm leaving. So that I'm was leaving. not meant to screw anyone I'm over. Le- I'm leaving. As a reminder, this is a ranking like for the current season. Yeah? Uh, Kevin Durant's not playing the whole season. Correct. So that's why I'm, my point is, <laughs> wait, wait. My point is I wasn't trying to trick anybody. Uh-huh. Mm. All right, keep there, going. There goes your power forward present. center. Yep. Two Western Conference teams in his career. Let me guess. He probably plays for the Lakers now. He does. Kevin. Kevin. (laughs) Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is correct. I almost thought he was going to say Dwight Howard. (laughs) Which would also be... What is his ranking? Anthony Davis. Four. I was going to say four. What are you going to say? Four. Well, you should have said something different. Five. What was he? Three. Six. Six is correct. Good job. And I'll say this. I would rather have Towns than Anthony Davis. Call me crazy. Uh, I would. Drama-wise? What do you mean drama-wise? Towns is loyal. Really? I like loyal. Really? You saw what AD did all this last season. But he's also healthy. AD's missed time. I'm not playing until I get traded from a team that's shown me nothing but love the minute I walk through those doors. And guess what? They tried to build around them. fans, let let the sip shink. Well, the, wait, wait. I'm going to disagree with that. Sink around him. I don't think they did. They did. They did a poor job of building a team around Anthony Davis. They fired the GM because remember he was but talking all crazy. They've done a great job already of building. They've done a better job already building around Zion than they ever did around Anthony. Yeah, Davis. that's accurate. I'm just going to keep eating these pretzels. Honestly, there. though, Timberwolves fans, realistic. If Wiggins keeps not holding up his end of the bargain, it's going to frustrate Towns. I've said this for years now, and if yeah, and it's been front office. 
stuff has been a bit unstable for some time. If that continues, we'll see. I you could I could see the same thing happening. Okay, here's, I don't think here's, it will. here's the thing with that, real quick. I don't want to. I'm just. Saying, I don't. I don't it's see not it. Without I don't see it happening. I think I think Gerson and keeping Ryan Saunders as the head coach were both moves made to keep Towns in the long term. Yes, because Gerson trying to Gerson, get Russell. Gerson has the 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 high end caliber. He's a high caliber winning. Uh, front office guy. Fair enough. They brought in Drip Saunders because he's close with Towns to keep him happy. They will make a huge push in free agency 2021 when they've got or 2020 when they've got max money to spend. Look at Kev's they will have out here. Two max contract spots when they trade away Andrew Wiggins. Oh wow! And so they will make a massive push. One name that I'm going to call out right now as a guy to look out for is Draymond Green. That's a bad take. I'm sorry, it just is. Because no one's taking on Wiggins without you taking on a bad contract back. You won't, won't have too much money, especially if we're in a position where we yeah. actually are so sick no. of it and we want to trade. Happening. It's gonna the wheels will have came off so hard. You've been playing too much my league. Yep, where where all these people give you all these different things for options. A directional body of water. Kevin. Kevin. Russell Westbrook. That is correct. Russell Westbrook. Uh he did that in before you picked it up, Kevin. Good job. Thanks. What are we? Uh, what are we thinking for number four? I don't think they have them that high. Okay. What do they have then? Uh, has eight been said? I mean, probably. I don't know. Eight. Twelve. Wow. What was he before, Kevin? He was twelve. He didn't really take a step back, where he would drop out of the top ten. Yeah, I mean, he only averaged. Triple doubles for multiple seasons in a row. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we all know Jokic got better than him somehow. Yeah. <laughs> 13? Eight. He was seventh. He dropped. So, that's, I mean, crazy to me. That's so bogus. Well, he didn't average a triple double last that's, season, so, right? What's his score? Did he? Did he? What's the scoring update? Uh, it is currently 48 to 32. 16 points, huh? It's fine. I've accepted it. I've made peace with it. All right. My my winnings on the Let's side. Let's make here's the deal. We're gonna make the help. players only worth three points. Ooh, make it interesting. Are you ready? Sure. Yep. Pay attention, Aaron. I have a feeling Kevin's gonna get this one. Tom Holland. Kevin. Kevin. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Tom Holland is Spider Man. Yep. Toby Maguire. Oh, also, the fourth clue was he likes to shoot his shot with Zendaya on social media. Did you see that? I did not see that. So there's a pretty funny thing where he uh, he made some comment on her post how they're, they get their like, uh, Spider-Man got picked up by the Marvel Cinematic Universe again, and he made some comment uh, in response. So Rudy Gobert came back. He goes, come on, man. Next time, at least let me set a pick first. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. So pretty cool. That but is yes, good. Uh, it was uh, Rudy Gobert, for what it's worth, maybe his rank – if like if you ranked NBA Twitter like interactions, his yep. Twitter game is pretty on point. Yep. What is it with centers and good Twitter game? Because Carl's good, Joel Embiid's good. Yep. That's what we should do. Let's produce like our Jokic own. Li- We're going to produce our own list. Yep. We Top should. thirty Twitter game. We should. I like this. I like this. What's uh, what's his number, Kev? I feel like Chicken last tonight? year he was like twenty nine. Okay, but we're wondering what it is now. Yeah. Oh, now. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a clue for the next question, too. Uh, I'm going to say 20. 22. 20 is correct. 
22, though. That's a pretty good guess. Deuce, deuce. I'm going to say 29 was his spot last year. Where's Andrew Wiggins on this list? <laughs> what, uh, so uh, he was 20 before. He's supposed to be MVP by now. You guessed a good guess, 22. What, what would you guess for this? 24. 22. I tried to help him, and he didn't take the bait. <laughs> oh. All right. Next up, we're going to make these worth four points now for the players. Because why not? <laughs> Darn right. Western Conference point guard. Sure. Aaron. Aaron. Chris Paul. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you think he's top 30? Yikes. What? People love to watch him pregame. Yeah, that guy. One of the best shooters of all time. That would be my other first guess. Davidson. The Warriors. Warriors. Oh, yeah. Kevin. Kevin. Steph Curry. That's correct. Oh, four points, you said? Yeah, four points. (laughs) I tried. Next question's worth 72. (laughs) Next up. What is his uh, number? Oh, we didn't. We, oh, yeah. I was gonna say we didn't get his ranks. No, uh, I, I meant yeah. So it's, it's four, six, six is correct. Oh, for five points. <laughs> what was he last year for ten? Last year, no, it's, it's only last year for five. We'll give you five if you get it right. <laughs> okay. What was he last year, Kevin? Kevin gets five too, though. If he gets it right, seven. That's what I was gonna guess. You really? Yeah. Okay. What's your guess? Seven. No, two. Come on, guys. <laughs> Steph Curry was incredible. Wow, he fell five spots. Oh. This list is a joke. That's four, that's four spots, Kevin. You lose two points for bad, bad math. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to fight him because he's just going to take away like 20 yeah. more points. What's the score? <laughs> uh, Rob's feeling frisky. 55 to 37. Yeah, I don't think this is going to happen. <laughs> 18 points. The players are worth five points now. Great. First one. I think this is another one I think Kevin's going to get. Standout comedian. He's actually pretty good, too, I will say. Eastern Conference power forward. Oh. Aaron. I'm looking right at you. We're, we're, we're in sync here. Kia. Aaron. Aaron. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin for five. Nicely done. An extra two points to whoever can tell me which college he went to. Aaron. Aaron. Oklahoma. Oklahoma's correct. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. So what number is Blake Griffin? 16. 24? 23. <sighs> what was he previously? 27. 19? 33. I'm not sure what happened. He jumped 10 spots. Yeah, no idea. He started making threes. Yeah, that's true. He's a good three-point shooter. He had... Seven in one game last year, I want to say. Yeah, very, and it was fun to watch. I like very improved. He's easy to cheer for. You know what? Good he dude. He would be great on our team with Towns. I'd watch that, man. I'd watch that nice for sure. Nice physical presence, can spread yep. the court, athletic. I'd watch that. Here we go. Next up. He is a speedy point guard. Western Conference. Drafted fifth overall in 2017. Kentucky. Aaron. Aaron. De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox for five points. What is the score on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel? 49 to 57. You're up? Yeah. Okay. Getting close here. What, uh, what's the number? What's the number? That's, it's on you. You got it right. You got it right. Oh, I thought you were going to answer the score. De'Aaron Fox? 
first off, I'm surprised he's even in the top 30. So, no, he is. 30's been guessed. 29's been guessed. 26. 27? 25. Oh, man. Where was he before? Unranked. 36. Unranked. For 10! What? No, for two. Oh, okay. You wish for 10. How close is it now? I'm up seven. All right, he's got a chance. People question his fit. I thought that would give it away. A Western Conference point guard. Almost a wolf. Aaron. Aaron. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell's correct. <laughs> uh, what is happening right now? I'm so confused. I feel like this game's taking forever. What's uh, what's his number? 23. 16. 26. I finally, <laughs> I finally stopped Woo! guessing it. What was his number previously? My turn? Yep. 23. I feel like for some reason it's 26. Unranked. <laughs> wow. Because remember, when he was at the Lakers, he was not good. That's true. So. Something happened. Last wow. one. Now, what's the score? I'm up two. Two points, huh? Are we going back to the Yep, we're going back to two. Okay. Two points. Yep, that's fair. A point guard that seems to have proven he can't be the first option. Three Eastern Conference teams so far. He is an uncle. Aaron. Kevin. It was Aaron. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is correct. Whew. I'm getting nervous now. What number, what number? has not been it's guessed? Because it's tied now. 13. 11. 11 is correct. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that shit that's good though. Like that's good. It is good. What's up? What was his number previously? This is unbelievable. If you got this right, this would be incredible. Aaron, just off the forefront, I promise you I will not say the same number as you. I'll give you a chance to tie. I'm not gonna be a, a no, jerk. It, I'm up two right he's now. He's saying he's not gonna oh, he's guess the same now? number as you. He's up two now. Correct. I'm up yeah, two. Oh. That was the go ahead. But he's saying he's not gonna say the same number to like to be cheap. Yeah. I'm not going to pull it. What you I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> he for sure would have done that. I, I for sure would have done that. What's the number? Okay. So did they move him forward or backwards from the last year? I don't know if last year did him any favors. He was 11. I'm going to go 14. Final answer. Kevin? 12. 20. Yeah. 20. All right. So Kev takes it by two points. That was well worth it. We gave you chances, man. He 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 earned that one. He did. Hey. We had to make it a little fun. This might have been Kevin's best show. <laughs> I've never seen him go so hard. Great interviews tonight, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Pacific uh, Division again, recap. A huge a huge shout out for that for those interviews uh, with the uh, the Pacific preview. Uh, next week we will have yet another division. You'll have to tune in to figure out which one it is. Uh, want to give a huge shout out to Vince Miracle who covered the Kings, uh, Zach Noble for covering the Warriors, Greg Bergman who covered the LA Lakers. We had Garrett Corpenning who covered the Clippers, 
as well as Sam Cooper, who covered the Suns. Not an easy job just to you know, kind of take some, take some questions off the cuff from me, uh, especially from me uh, in this format. So, again, a huge thank you to those guys. Uh, that's going to do it for the Howl. Find us Wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Central, Saturdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. If you miss us, you can find us on iTunes as well as Spotify. You can review, leave us a comment as well. Find us on Twitter at the Howl Radio. We would love to hear from you at the Sports Min. That's with two ends mm-hmm. at Aaron Groshong and at K Draves forty two. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Howl. Until next time, let me get a howl.